This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? Happy Friday. It is the Monty Show live at the Maverick Center Studios and... uh, the Powerball jackpot's $1.5 billion. We have free tickets for you, and folks are already showing up to get them. It's one. Po- I said $1.5 billion, yes. Jake. Yes. Can you imagine $1.5 billion? Not really. No. I don't even know what. The, I don't even know how I feel if tomorrow I got a call that I won. I don't. E- I wouldn't. What, what would you say? I don't know. Uh, I know if I got in an accident, though, I would call the Advocates. UtahAdvocates.com presents the Monty Show every single day. We tell you, if you've been in a wreck, if you got hurt at work, don't trust your workman's comp insurance. Don't trust your car insurance. They're trying to pay you as little as possible. You need somebody to fight for you. You need an advocate. That's why you go to the best in the business, the Utah Advocates. UtahAdvocates.com. Chat with them online for free. You never pay the Advocates until they win your case. That means no consultation fees, no retainers, just the best legal representation in the business at utahadvocates.com. So, Jake. Yeah. It's $1.5 billion. A question everybody always asks. Would you quit your job? No. Would you take time off? No, I don't have a job. I'd probably take some time off, yeah. How much would you take a month off? Would you? Um, yeah, probably. I'd probably take December off. Yeah. You know what I would probably do? I would probably not change anything. Mm-hmm. I would probably, it would certainly de-stress my life a little bit. Right. But I wouldn't drastically change things. We're, we're pretty fortunate. We have a really good existence. I don't know that I would tell people that I want a billion dollars. And I would absolutely, positively take the full cash payout. Yeah, 100%. You have to. I'm not you doing the to. annuity payment thing. Annuity I'm, so you can no, pay your rent. No, and, no, you no. Know, uh, yeah. Not happening. Not happening. Yeah, so no I think I would take the lump sum payout, yeah. which apparently is about $597 million. According to back of the envelope calculations. Thank you, Klyavkov. That's um, right, Pete. That's right. Uh, I would take that money in. I probably wouldn't tell anybody, and I probably wouldn't change much. Yeah. I would do some things under the radar. Like buy a Lambo? Yeah, you know, I would show up in a <laughs> helicopter tomorrow. Uh, but other than that, you know, you would have no idea other than Monty the... Copter 5. Yeah, Monty Jet Copter. Uh, <laughs> other than the Jet Copter and the Lamborghini and the, uh, you know, the... And the, the Rolly. The condo in Park City, you would have no idea that my life has changed, right? Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't change much. Yeah. I don't think. I really don't think that I would change much. By the way, if you're not here yet, you're already late. There's already people here trying to get tickets. Yeah, it's awesome. Come on by. Let's go. Uh, we have free tickets while supplies last. Um, you know, we, we, we want to give you as many as we can. Um, everybody gets one and Hey, all you have to do is show up. You don't have to hang out. You don't have to chill. You don't have to bring us Beethoven. I mean, Chris Karn brought us Beto's burritos the other day. And bribes that was are bribes. Phenomenal. Yeah, bribes are happily accepted on this show. Yes, that's right. By the that's way, right. so uh, yes. worst of luck to you. As I said to the first guy who got a ticket today, hey, thanks for coming. Worst of luck. <laughs> um, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, Mike Chase, good morning too. He says, "Morning, fellas. We'll be traveling to Boise tonight for the game tomorrow. BYU is my team. Win or lose, Kalani will be our coach. On the other hand, I'm not sure." about the D.C. or the O.C., and mm-hmm. I think that's where we start Football Friday. 
uh, this morning is presented by Quick Quack Car Wash. Quick Quack Car Wash is simple. It's easy. We drove up to uh, Evanston, Wyoming yesterday. Wyoming. Wyoming. Um, and we ran into a little weather. It was raining and then it was snowing. And so, of course, when we got back to daybreak, we had to go to the uh, Quick Quack Car Wash at the district. So we uh, did exactly that, got the car washed. Uh, we're in and out of there. Again, there was a good line, but we were in and out of there in five minutes. Yep. Super easy. That's what I love about Quick Quack. My wheels look good. And it smells good. You ever, yes. Like, I went, we went through there and I was like, hey, man, like it really actually like makes your car smell good. It does. We were driving through and Jake's like, hmm, smells good. And you see all the different colored lights so you can bring the kids. It's yeah. a lot of fun at Quick Quack Car Wash. Is Kalani Sataki coaching for his job at Boise State tomorrow? I think that's probably strong. I don't believe that Kalani Sataki, if they lose every game for the rest of the year, I don't believe Kalani Sataki gets fired. Are there huge changes coming to his staff? Oh, that is almost for sure. I don't think there's any doubt that you are going to see changes on the defensive side of the football. I don't think Aaron Roderick is going anywhere, and I don't think he deserves to lose his job. I think there needs to be significant changes on the defensive side of the football, Jake. But do you believe Kalani Sataki is coaching for his job tomorrow? Um, no, I don't think he's coaching for his job tomorrow. I, I do think on some level, especially in college football, you're coaching for your job every week in the big picture i think specifically at byu though they're they are particularly loyal and i and obviously with with the circumstances and the fact you have to be a card carrying member and some of those other things like i don't think byu is as easily swayed to just go and fire head coaches but i do agree that i think that you know we're we're on the countdown watch for elisa tuiaki like i i think that there even is conversations about a rod you know i would agree that he's done a, a you know a pretty decent job but at the same time i think that that the offense has kind of been sputtering a little bit if i'm being honest like it's cool that you know yeah you've put up you know 30 points or so and that's yeah. usually what you do but like it kind of feels like you need to do more you know and 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 there are a lot of times where it's like man like you just called a jet sweep when it's third and 20 what are we doing you know like there's a lot of times where I feel like that with this play calling and I, and I think that that is an issue that needs to be addressed so no I don't think that coaches uh, Kalani is coaching for a job but I do think that every week that they that goes by that they lose the the coach speak just gets old I mean the coach speak just gets stale like you can only do that for so long before people you know kind of get tired of it and I can tell you and and I know it's me like I'm probably a little I probably got a little bit of a short fuse with it but I get tired of it after like three weeks of losing and like well we just gotta fix this or fix that or execute we're gonna here, no 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 like, Jake Jake it's we're gonna go watch the tape yeah we're gonna go watch the tape and we're gonna see where we could have executed better and we gotta and, hold guys accountable yeah you know it's like all right dude like cool like get to that but what is the you know what is going to make the actual difference at what point does accountability not mean anything anymore that's the that's the hard truth at BYU the expectations are very high for this football team as they should be the every year if you're not winning 10 games you're not winning enough games like I mean it's a disappointment there's no doubt about that and I say the same thing about Utah because I think Utah's in a far different situation you just know that Kyle Whittingham is in control. And I think that's what this losing streak has done to BYU and Kalani Sataki. It's changed the, the check mark for Kalani. Like, 
we no longer just believe that good things are happening at BYU football. You no longer, if you're Kalani Sataki, get the benefit of the doubt. Like, oh yeah, absolutely, they're in control at BYU. There's no doubt good things are happening. Like, you're no longer getting that benefit of the doubt. That's the hard part. And I think it's one of those things where you have to try and figure out if you are BYU and if you are Kalani Sataki, how do we get back to that place? Is this truly just one game? or one season? Is this just a blip on the Kalani Sataki radar? I, I think it is, and I think hopefully he deserves that benefit of the doubt. But I gotta be honest with you, I don't think that you can just hand him that blank check anymore. I think now there has to be forced change on his coaching staff. If he doesn't wanna make that change, I think you have to force change on his coaching staff because you don't have any other choice now because you've lost so much and you've given away a season and I just don't think you can look past that anymore, Best. Jake. Like, I don't think you can just look and say, hey, we just had a bad season. It was your last season of independence. You, were, you had big games and every opportunity to make the college football playoff and a New Year's Six Bowl and achieve all the things you wanted. And you felt absolutely flat, man. That's it, Skippy. Yeah, like it's, it, it's just really hard to comprehend in, in September, August that – Right now in November, you've won four games? Yeah. Like, how is that even possible? Yeah, I, I, I think that, and that was kind of going to be where I was going to go, like, you're heading into the Big 12. Like, winning, you know, having a, you know, a four-win season, you know, or let's call it a five-win season. Let's say they finish with five wins. Like, that's not, you know, that's not good enough. And, and, I, and I know it's like, all right, cool, if that's not good enough, but what are you going to do about it? I, I do think that change has to happen, and, and, I, and I think that, you know, if I was a recruit, this would be a problem for me. If I was looking at BYU, you know, on some level, I also think that, again, then this is a luxury for BYU. Guys who want to go to BYU are always going to go to BYU because they want to be part of that culture. They want to be, you know, in, 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 the, in the mix at BYU. They like what BYU has to offer. So part of me is like, yeah, I, I, like change needs to happen. But furthermore, as you move into the Big 12, especially with – what we know is going on with Brett Yormark and expansion and distribution deals. Like you have to play good football, like being a four win team in the big 12, you're wasting your time. And I get it. You'll, you'll get good TV money. And like, you know, there are some inherent benefits, but you're not playing the game to be a four win team, a five win team. And so then my mind goes to, okay, on the flip side, does Kalani Sataki in this program, not on some level, deserve the 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 saying of hey it's one bad season or like hey it's you know yeah you had you had a bad year this year like they've had like four or five really good seasons in a row and they've been building and i think that spoiled byu fans and now you're having one bad year so it's like yeah i think you need to make some changes and just go with it like i don't know what else you can you can do at this point i don't know i don't know but it, it just it sucks man it, because i, I think there was so much positivity and this is just not how you wanted your season to go. Now, having said that, you still have a lot of opportunity in front of you. I mean, this Boise game is always a big game. It's always a tough game. Um, Albertson Stadium is never a, a fun place to go and win. Um, it's one of those things where you really just want a good result and you have to earn that. And now I think Max Tooley's situation is a big deal. Will he play? I don't know, but you have a lot of defenders on this team that are going to be out. And obviously we continue to talk about the, you know, the fact that 
you know, how many times are we going to talk about injuries at BYU? And I think this is also this is also a big question. Like, who's responsible for all the injuries at BYU? Kalani Sataki. It's that simple. You're the head coach. It's yeah. your program. You're responsible for it. You're. I want to say I, it was like a, they're like the fourth most injured team in the country or whatever it is. Like, they're up there. And, and I think that... That's why I'm saying, like, it's not like Elisa Tuiaki is going to be the scapegoat and he's going to be the guy that, that you know, basically wears this season around his neck. But I think that, yeah, the training staff, there's some responsibility there. I think, what did we hear? Because this is this is something that doesn't get talked about a lot in, in the media in Salt Lake or, you know, obviously Provo. Like, most people aren't talking about the fact that at the beginning of the year, what did we hear a lot of from Kalani and the boys? We heard... Hey, we've got sports scientists, and remember the remember the USF game, how it was yes. really humid, and and dehydration was an issue, and everyone was like, "Oh, well, you guys are going to be really dehydrated and cramping, and blah blah blah." And they ran this whole thing out there about sports scientists, and we're going to lift this way and that way. <laughs> Listen and it's to like, how bitter you are. But but I'm being serious. Like you have all these sports scientists, but you've also got all these soft tissue injuries. You've also got hammies and. And quads and calves and like you know like <laughs> like I, I just I'm not hearing I'm not uh, hearing the 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 great espousal about sports scientists anymore. The great so, espousal, boy, it's yeah, you're like, you're up early today. Like, you I'm are not, you're fiery. Yeah, because like at some point you have to you have to say like all right, cool, like you can't have it both ways. Like early in the season, everything was great, and your sports scientists had the formula figured out. Now everything's not great, and now I'm not hearing about it. So yeah, I like I, I don't know. Like I do think I would look at that. Like I I'm someone who does believe in sports science. I think you can look at things. You can you can study the human body and understand. You know, hey, Max Tooley needs to be able to do X, Y, and Z, so he should train to that. Yes. I believe in that a hundred percent. But clearly, there's an issue in that process somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. Let's get some of your thoughts in here. Court McGee th or Court McMullen, thank you for the uh, $3 tip. Appreciate you. He says, uh, don't get up before 6 for much. A chance at $1.5 will do the trick, though. See you soon, boys. Hell Appreciate yeah. that. Let's go. Um, I feel like Sataki's teams have been average other than the pandemic season. Jerry Jones's tongue says, there was so <coughs> much hype this season, but it's been a huge letdown. That's true. That's absolutely Are you talking true. about the Cowboys or BYU? Exactly. Uh, Kalani does need to get better uh, strength and conditioning. I agree with that. Um, Boyd Lake says Kalani needs Tom Brady. Well. Well, a little Tom Brady in your life is never a bad thing. Yeah, maybe he can get some Giselle Bunchton, you know? By the way, Mrs. Monty is handing out the lotto tickets. Mm -hmm. And every time somebody opens the door, Father Winter comes in. Dude. And I'm you guys, cold. it is cold out. That yeah, it was 27 degrees this morning. It is cold. Yeah. Yowzer. Uh, Boyd, appreciate you. Cody Strickland says, Boise's going to run their rods in BYU's back line. I'm so, I thought he said that he's they're going to run. <laughs> they're, they're, the rods. In, uh, okay. Uh, Jerem Patterson says, uh, Britton Covey's brother, Stephen, had a career-ending injury at BYU in the weight room which is one of the reasons why Britain did not want to go to BYU. Oh, is that true? Never, I did not I know never that. I heard that, but if that's true, I mean... Jerem, that's interesting. I did not know that. I just think you, you have to... It's got to be on lock. Like, your guys got to be... Like, we heard... So, not this week, but last week, Harris Lachance didn't come on the show because they lifted as a team. Yes. And, and I love that. I love that concept. I love everything about it. The weight room is a is an almost religious experience for football programs. And I think that 
that you you start to understand that that you have to have like really good strength and conditioning programs to to be an elite be an elite football team like you have to be strong you have to be healthy you have to feel good you got to be you know a hundred percent on saturday you know and that's why i think like some of these really rough games have been on thursday and friday yeah like have been the earlier in the week games and it does beg the question for me and and i'm really not trying to be harsh but it i i really think it warrants the question like hey what does their their week prep look like because when i go on on youtube and i'm looking at media availabilities where they do and i love that they do it where the guys are standing on the field you know the practice field and they just kind of walk up yeah where they're all talking and stuff yeah like i i love the media scrum that they do that way but i do it does beg the question like you know tuiaki said that he's got all these interns and like all these these kids that help them and it's like i wonder if maybe they need more professional staff if you need more like actual coaches in the program it do, it makes me wonder it does and i i think it's a really good question and i i these are these are really good football men that we're talking about and i i think one of the things we have to remember is these are humans with families and he's a brilliant guy but you either win or you lose and i think there's a reason why you win or you lose and i think jerem's story about britain covey's brother is really interesting that yeah. is really interesting Boyd Lake says, guys, 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 Justin Verlander got his hey first guys. World Series win last hey night. Guys. Go Strohs. Hey Stop. Hey, guys. Stop. Boyd, don't say hurtful things. Don't. There's no reason to. <coughs> the defense of the Houston Astros is why they won that game, by the yeah, way. whatever. Uh, Snuka says, howdy, folks. Snuka. Uh, San Diego State Aztec says, back in the day, BYU had pickle juice to keep from cramping up. They have sports science these days. Just kidding. The pickle juice worked. It did <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. One hundred percent true. I grew up with the Cubbies. Sat at their dinner table. Facts. Well, that's crazy. Uh, PG Blackhawk ninety seven. Thank you, Mrs. Monty. I was first one in today. You guys rock. Hey. Appreciate you being here, man. Thank you. Um, yeah, first one in at five forty five today. Getting the, the getting credit. the Give getting the, the tickets. Credit. His 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 sleeping conditioning program is excellent. Uh, amazing. He was able to amazing. wake up, get here. He was he was he was showered and put together. You know. Ready to go. And I'm hoping that you're a Blackhawks fan is why that's your name. Because they, you know, it's fine. Kalani has never had a successful team without a guy named Tyler running the football. Tyler is in Atlanta this year laying the bear, laying bare the truth that Kalani should not be coaching in Provo. I totally I, disagree. Yeah, I just disagree with that. I will say, though, that when you've got a guy like Tyler Algier running the football for you, it covers a lot of your problems. Like, oh, let's totally. just be honest with it. Absolutely. Like, when you've got a battering ram back there, a guy that's going to run people over, like that's going to cover a lot of your a lot of your a lot of your shortcomings offensively and frankly defensively. I mean, if you're able to run the football, your defense isn't going to be out there nearly as much. So, but are, but are you telling me the the heroic play that Tyler Algier made with that run where he ran down the sideline and stripped that ball against ASU? Are you telling me that that's has nothing to do with Kalani Sataki? I'm for real. That that doesn't that's not because want to effort desire passion for winning oh, for real. wasn't instilled in his players i think come on i so i think in my my firm opinion on this is that it's somewhere in the middle i think that Kalani did instill that in those players i also think that tyler algier specifically was and is a gifted athlete and a gifted individual and i yeah. think that when you understand that you have that level of capability and, and athletic ability 
and you can apply that and you understand, hey, I'm going to get to the league, you're willing to make those plays. You're willing to go the extra mile and use what you have. And I think there are a lot of guys, you know, I'm not going to say a lot of guys, but I, but it just feels like in the program right now that that there's not a lot of belief. I, I think it's too strong to say these guys have quit on their season, certainly. But I do think that when you lose like this, it's, you know, it's not easy to deal with. And it, and it turns into work instead of having fun. But I also think we as fans, no matter who your team is, need to be better about being fans, too. I mean, when you think about, um, you know, the Elisa Tuiaki situation where he got into it with a fan in the end zone and, you know, Max Tooley's tweeting in defense of him. And, I mean, we as fans need to not you know, do what we like to do, mm -hmm. you know, like it, that this fan last night, Greg Hawkins sent me a tweet of a guy at the world series last night who yelled at Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, because mm -hmm. he was happened to be sitting two seats away from Rob Manfred. He puts up a Reddit poll of what he should say to Rob Manfred. And the most liked comment is the one that he would read. And he wound up yelling something stupid at Rob Manfred. It's like, dude, what is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. Why does this make you? I, I, I just feel like we all want to be heroes. And instead of doing what's necessary to support our teams, it just college football is very different. And I, I, I get it. I get it. I totally understand it. I get it. I just, yeah. Boyd Lake says, I'm hoping for a bounce back game, but I also <laughs> don't think Kalani is feeling too much pressure. He signed the extension recently. I feel that BYU is not likely to do a buyout. He's pretty safe. I would agree he's pretty well, safe. Well, and you're heading into the Big 12. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna fire Kalani. And he doesn't deserve 12. to be fired yeah. over one bad season. Because yeah. that's what this is. This is this is a bad season. We've we've all all football fans have experienced this. Every coach has experienced it. Wits experienced it. You're going to have bad seasons. The expectation was 10 wins for a reason, Yep. right? So these are the games that can define you. If you go to Boise and win, I don't think there's anybody that wouldn't be happy about that. Yeah. That wouldn't recognize that as a character win, I, I, I think. Let me ask you about the number on this game because I do think it's interesting. It's now eight in favor of Boise, 54 and a half. By the way, this game is in Nowheresville TV land on FS2. Um, what do you, what do you make of the number being at eight fifty four and a half? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's major shade to the BYU defense. I, I have to say that. I think that the BYU defense, like listening to Gabe Judy Lolly last week, talk about, you know, Hey, we just simply have to tackle better. We have to take better angles. Like we have to do a better job. I would frankly be a little surprised if the tackling didn't improve this week. I would like, I think you're, you're playing Boise. Like it's a big game. It's a get up game for sure. Like, yeah, I would expect them to come out playing fast defensively. But again, you know, I've said that before and that's why I have, that's why I have trouble believing in this team right now. Cause you expect them to do one thing and then you wind up getting these ridiculous calls on first and 10 and we're still dropping eight. So it doesn't put them in a great position. So how do I feel about that number? I feel like it's disrespectful to BYU, but I feel like that's the number they've earned. You haven't played well. There would be no reason to think that you're going to go to Boise and win this football game, frankly. Yeah, I expect Boise to win the game. Um, and I think that number is probably pretty accurate. This feels like a, you know, a 30-point performance from Boise yeah. and a 20-point performance from BYU. I feel like – I absolutely feel like Boise's 10 points better right now. They're playing exceptional football. I feel like they're 10 points better than BYU. So I actually don't have any trouble with that number at all. And, and I think, hey, um, it is what it is. This is the way you've played.
This is the way your defense is played. You've earned that eight-point underdog status on the road at Boise. Yeah. Um, and it just didn't have to be this way. That's the Fast. most frustrating thing. It did not have to be this way. Football Friday presented by Quick Quack Car Wash. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show, but you're in, you're out. It's quick, it's friendly, it's fun at Quick Quack Car Wash. A couple more of your comments on BYU. Uh, Lopes fan Gabe says, uh, hello, hit the like button, casuals. Yeah, let's go, you guys. So Lopes fan Gabe, yes. real quick. Yep. My guy is, a, is, you know, shoe guy. You know, casual reseller. We'll sell some shoes here and there. Mm -hmm. Dude sold a pair of dunks yesterday and donated two hundred and twenty dollars worth of proceeds to the to the show's fund for families. Wow, yeah, that was awesome, Gabe. I appreciate you doing that. I appreciate you know you guys have really embraced this, um, embraced this thing that we're trying to do. And the thing that we're trying to do is get back to the community. Um, we've really worked hard. Uh, to get to where we are and to build this studio. And we've told you guys that we really want to adopt a family for Thanksgiving and, and adopt some kids for Christmas because we know that people out there are struggling. We know that there are people who are trying to provide for their family and they, they just, I mean, it's difficult right now for some people. And so what we've asked you to do is donate money to us through the tip function here on YouTube. Um, it's the dollar sign below the comment box. Just click on that. You can give a dollar. You can give a million dollars. It's up to you. Or you can come get a Powerball ticket and win a billion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just really appreciate everybody that has, um, you know, that has, has worked hard to, to do that for us. And that you would sell shoes and give us the proceeds is ridiculous. I, I just, I really appreciate that. Um, you know, like I just, I really am thankful that Gabe, guys like Gabe are on this show. Yeah. Because it's guys like Gabe that make our show possible. It's guys like Gabe that make it possible for us to build a studio at Maverick Center. Gabe's been a listener of ours for, I mean, really dating back to 2016. And we just really appreciate you, Gabe. And we appreciate everybody else who supports this show. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, and by the way, if you want to nominate a family, if it's your family, if you need some help, don't don't feel like you're going to be judged because we're not. Um, I was talking to a guy on DM yesterday about, you know, that he lost his job uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, oddly enough, at a major uh, Silicon Slopes tech company. Mm, heard about that before? Yeah, he lost his job. And so he's concerned about how he is going to uh, afford a Thanksgiving dinner for his family. So we're definitely going to take care of that dude. If he allows us to, I will say, by the way, he said, you know, I think I, I'm, I have family where I'm going to wind up going. Um, he's like, and I don't want to take money from somebody else, but it, I mean, it's truly humbling to hear the stories of people and to hear the, the families that are really trying to battle through this pandemic. And I can tell you, and not because they're an advertiser on the show, but, um, you know, this is why we're always telling you yeah. that you've got to get to Triday trading. We're going to talk about this Twitter story later on the show today. Uh, about the layoffs that are going to hit Twitter today. Nar. I, you've got to stop with the, with chasing paychecks, man, because it's the drug they give you to make you forget your dreams. It's what I always say. Um, and go to Triday Trading, you know, and, and I don't want to call anybody out by name, but, uh, you know, we got a tweet yesterday from one of our listeners that talked about how, hey, my wife wants to stay home with our kids. So she's going through the TridayTrading.com program right now. Yes. And it's, it, it, it truly is about finding the life that you want to live. And if you're one of those people that lost your job, you have nothing to lose by going to TridayTrading.com slash Monty and watch the free webinar and then make a decision. Yep. I mean, it is truly a really, really good program. And I just... Yeah, and hear us. It's free. Yeah. Like, 
Like the, I, the I, webinar I, is free. You don't have to, you, you, you don't have to, Hey, Raptor 88. Thanks for coming by. I appreciate that. Mrs. Monty is out there talking to our listeners. Uh, Corey McGee. Thank you for coming by everybody getting their Powerball tickets this morning. Yes. Uh, but just, you know what, go check out if, you know, if you're looking to get off your grind, you're looking to get out of your job. If you're looking for a job, stop looking for a job and start looking for the rest of your life at tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Make sure, sure you tell them about it. Uh, you heard about it on the Monty show. Uh, Don Williams says players cannot tackle better when they are out of position in the first place with a bad scheme over and over again. I don't disagree with you, bro. Yeah, I, I think you I think that's pretty close. Brian, uh, Massey says, uh, Let's see. Satirist fired Detmer, putting blame on him for the losses. I think that was autocorrect for Sataki. Sataki? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, true. But Ty Detmer was never Kalani Sataki's guy. Yeah. Ty Detmer was hired for Kalani, not by Kalani. Big difference. Um, he said the next year they ran the same offense, this time... Looks like the blame is being placed on the defense. Well, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, I, I don't understand why the tide has turned so drastically on Kalani Sataki. Because they're losing. That's why. It's just because they're losing, and people don't like losing. But do we really not have the perspective that this truly is one bad year? It's one bad year. I mean, you're where were we all when, when Zachy Poo was getting drafted number two by the Zach Jets? Milfson. Where were we when Kalani's teams were winning 10 games? right like where were we it, nobody was talking about this it's one bad year yeah now if if a year from now we're talking about this again hey i agree it's justified yeah but are we really pulling the ripcord on kalani sataki already you're crazy you're how many guys are qualified to do what he does at byu not a lot not a lot uh, Simon 2077 says, I'm surprised you guys aren't talking more about the big 12 considering this is going to be your new family. Well, we talk about the big 12 just about every day on this show. Uh, Justin Salas says, have you guys ever thought about opening up a channel membership here on YouTube? I would definitely pay $5 a month to help support the channel. We have thought about that. Um, but we get, you guys tip us a pretty regular amount. Like, we really have been amazed at how many people tip us on this show. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's our hesitation with memberships is that we don't want you to have to pay us something all the time. We want you, we want it to be optional for you. And we, we have sponsors that help us do this show and facilitate what we do here. And if the money that you guys give us go to special projects, I would rather I would rather you make the choice to tip us than than being on than us being a line item or on your ledger every month. You know, like that that to me is is a better like is a better setup in my opinion. But you know, yeah, I, I but I appreciate you saying I mean, that. If, if you're trying to say you want the Monty Show Netflix subscription, I mean, we could work that you out. Know, but you know, you know, Netflix and. Well, no. Uh, Jeremy Severe says, um, I would rather have two or three bad years if every four or five years was extraordinary. Build and rebuild for championships. Truth. Uh, Tanner Plummer. Hey, guys, guys, guys. <laughs> Good morning, Tanner. Excuse me. His Kalani's name, job. Yes, I'm sorry. His name is not Tanner anymore. Yes, it is. I'm not no, saying it's not. it. I'm hey, not guys. saying it. Yeah. Look, hey, guys, look James Knight. Take it easy. Listen, dude. Tanner it has to embrace the name. Are you going to say it or because I'm not saying it. 
So what did Super Soaker say? Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Kalani's job isn't on the line, but if they get embarrassed tomorrow, his leash might get a little shorter. Agreed. I agree with Agreed. that. Hey, thank you. Uh, San Diego State Aztec gives us a $10 tip. Keep up the great work, gentlemen. Thank you. Uh, Don Williams says the three-man front with six in the backfield was, uh, was started again uh, last year with Arizona. They kept all the games close to now. Well... I just don't think it's a recipe for winning. You can't run three guys on the defensive line in the Big 12, dude. The Big 12 is a battering ram of a conference. They're going to run the football down your throat. Like, you need to be running, like, in my opinion, you need to run a traditional 4-3. And then if you want to, you know, if you want to play cover two sometimes or, you know, if you, like, whatever you want to run, as far as zone is concerned, you can do that, but... On first, and I would say second down as well, obviously depending on down and distance, like I would be running a 4-3. Like that's where I would go. I would get back to basics. I'd get back to fundamentals. Like that's what I do, but they don't want to do that. And I I honestly, if I'm being truthful, I think when you run three guys and you're essentially running a 3-4 because that's kind of what it is, like you're asking a lot of these linebackers. You're not only asking them to cover the flat, you're asking them to cover the gaps. So it's like, your linebacker play is either going to make or break you. And so it broke you against Oregon. It broke you against Wyoming. Like, it broke you several times. That's why I think you got to run four guys on the D-line. Yep, I agree. Uh, NY Monty fans has been a bad week, fellas. Thanks for keeping my mind off stuff. My father passed away. Then we had a huge company layoffs. You you people are my people. Thanks, Monty Jake and Monty Nation. Oh, wow. Sorry to hear that, bro. I'm That's really, really sorry. To, uh, I, unfortunate. I, I know that layoffs are coming across... Um, a lot of people's desks these days. And I appreciate that you guys share your stories with us. Um, Look, man, and, and again, like I, I don't want it to be repetitive, but it, it's just funny how this is kind of all coming down. Like the Twitter thing's happening, but like when I see comments like that, like that, like I, I say this all the time, that is why, literally why we partnered with Triday because we were like, hey, we know, like, everyone's saying, oh, there's going to be this slowdown, and, like, the economy's going to slow down, and we're going to go, you know, it's not going to be 2008, but we're going to have a slowdown, right? And my whole point with that was, okay, great, that's cool. We know, it's like, we know we can't stop the run. What are we going to do about it? We know there's a slowdown, but what are we going to do about it? And that's why yeah. I genuinely keep saying, and he keeps saying, like, just go watch the webinar, because I really, like, I, we've watched the webinar. It's a great product, like, literally, like, I'm telling you, if people I, are starting to catch on. Honest to goodness, and we're trying to work out our schedule to go through the Tri-Day program because I believe in it that much. Yeah. And I, I, I just tell people every day, like, if I could put you in a position where you work for yourself, making hundreds to thousands of dollars a day, would you want to do that? If we could put you in a position where you want to be home for the holidays every year, would you want to do that? What would life be like if you didn't have the money gremlin on the back of your mind every day? What would life be like if you never had to worry about getting laid off? What would life be like? Like, if you really take a second and think about that, if you just stop yeah. and take a moment, you're like, hmm. Yeah. Is that possible? Can I create that? Yes. Yes, yeah. it's possible. And MI Monty fan, I'm really sorry about your dad, man. Yeah, man, uh, I'm I, really sorry about that. That's terrible. Yeah, as as you know, Jake and I are father and son, and we we've had some like really f- interesting conversations lately. I can't imagine, I can't imagine what that's like. Uh, so I I appreciate you sharing that with us. Thank you for that. 
Uh, Raptor88 gives us a $5 tip. Hey, thanks for coming by, man. He says, thanks for the ticket, guys. Have a great day. You too, Raptor. Appreciate that. Uh, Caleb says, sorry for your loss, NY. Aztec, uh, Salty Drunk, uh, Tanner Plummer, uh, Boyd Lake, everybody offering their condolences. Uh, appreciate that. Eric and Raleigh says, you're dramatically underselling the amount of work needed to be successful, uh, to be a successful day trader. I'm not saying it's easy. Yeah, nobody I'm, said it was easy. Nobody, but yeah. when you're trained at the level that TridayTrading.com puts you through an entire course, you learn the ins and outs, you learn the algorithms, you learn the processes that it takes. Like if it was easy, everybody would do it. And yeah. I, I feel like this is a theme in my life this week. I, I will just say again, do hard better. Do hard better. I, I have... I have just told a hundred, I said, I had an incident that we're going to talk about later in the show with a bunch of kids last night at my house. And one of the things I said to them was embrace where you are in your life and appreciate it. And when you're talking about that, Hey, you're vastly underselling what it is to be a day trader. I'm not underselling anything. All I'm asking people to do is go and watch a webinar. But the thing that I will say is if you're not willing to embrace the suck, don't just, just sit down and stay where you are because if life was easy, everybody would be thriving, but they're not Fast. do hard better. Yeah. It, it is, you have to embrace your shortcomings. You have to embrace your failings. You have to embrace the fact that every single day is an opportunity for you to sit up in bed, be grateful that you get to sit up in bed and go improve your life I'm every say day, this again. every single day, do hard better. Right, it's what Kara Lawson at Duke talks about. Do hard better, man, because every day in this world, there's gonna be something put in front of you that's difficult. And if you're not willing to embrace that challenge and, and be your best self, you're not going anywhere but where you are now. You're gonna keep doing the same thing you've always done, which has gotten you to where you are right now, which is not where you wanna be. And when, you, when we go fast forward five years, are you going to look back and thank yourself today for what you did today to get you to where you're going in five years? Or are you going to say, damn, why didn't I do that five years ago? Mm -hmm. Make a decision, man. Like, that's all I'm saying. That is all that I am saying. Uh, Maples gives his condolences. NY Monty fan says, thanks, guys. Truly, the show and our crew mean a lot. Grateful for all of you. Sincerely, give me the I'm a man drop. <laughs> I'm a man, huh? See? Okay. Where is I'm it? a man. There it is right there. Exactly right. Uh, Cam Harrison offers condolences. BT Dance Studio says, Monty and Son are great people, not just about sports or the jazz. Thanks, BTS. Appreciate, Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Exactly. Count your blessings. Caleb says, yes. Um, Eric says, you're talking about having holidays at home and more time for your family. Day trading requires 12 or more hours a day of work to be successful because one bad trade will ruin you. That's not true it's at not all. not true. That's not the way it's, that's perception versus reality. See, this, and this is what we do too. Like with all due respect, Eric and Raleigh has been listening for as long as I can remember. Like, I love you, bro. But you're storytelling right now. Like you're, you're, you're basically saying, oh, hey, it's really difficult to be a day trader. Well, nobody said it was easy, right? But the whole, the essence of the Tri-Day thing is, hey, they have a program. They're not just saying, all right, hey, hey, here's your key card to the building and here's your login for the computer. Good luck. Right. And here and you got to pay us a monthly fee. They're not saying that at all. No. What they're saying is, hey, cut, watch the webinar and just decide if you're interested. Just decide if like you feel like, hey, yeah, if I went through a program and I had the, 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 the course and the teachings, 
could could I do this? Could, could is this something that if I, I could have do? the coaching, the mentorship, the, the education, education, the support, yeah. the systems? There are there are people every day that go through the TridayTrading.com course who are now making hundreds and thousands of dollars. Like, go, don't take my word for it, man. Go to their website. You want to do it? Do it. it it's an opportunity. That that's all I'm saying. Um, you know, it is it is a it, it is absolutely a skill. It is absolutely a skill. Uh, Court McMullen says, came for the sports, stayed for Monty's life lessons. Oh, I well, appreciate fast. that. I, and I don't mean to be preachy. I, I don't. And I, I know it happens a lot on this show, but it just seem, it seems like, so I'll tell this story now, and you guys probably don't care about this, but. So I'm chilling last night watching the World Series. Me and Mrs. Monty, frankly, are half asleep because we've been under the weather and it's been a long week. And yeah. so we're sitting there watching the Phillies. And as and, you can see, yeah, I'm going through some you know, shit right now. So we're dealing with some stuff and, and we're sitting there with the dogs watching the World Series. And my ring doorbell notifies me that there's somebody standing on my porch. Do, do, do. Yeah. So I pull up, the, I click the, the notification. It opens up and it's a kid who's walking up and down my front stoop. What the f are you? Just walking up and down my front stoop, not doing anything. So I get up and I'm standing there while he's standing there. I'm like, am I going to open the door? And he pounds on the door and he runs away. Mm -hmm. And so actually we had, we had, we were watching Chicago PD is what we were watching last this week's episode. And I walk out my back door. I have a patio and stuff on my back door. And I wanted to see if it was, there was this one house that has a bunch of kids that, you know, are constantly around They're being kids. It wasn't that house. Yeah. So I just stood there and I listened because day I live in daybreak. It's very quiet. Nine out of 10 minutes in daybreak, silent. So I'm just listening. And I hear these kids talking down the street, which sounds like out my front door. So I'm like, okay. So I walk outside like an idiot. I'm sick. Without, without a jacket on, just my t-shirt. I'm in t-shirt. Oh, Yoga pants and Air Max 90s. I'm a fucking unit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, I walk out the front door with only my cell phone and I see them standing down the street. So I walk up to them and I, 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 I got tough guy on them, right? I, was like, I, I said to the guy, how, I said to these four kids, how effing stupid are you guys? And this, you know, this one big kid, it was one big kid and three smaller kids. Mm -hmm. And they're, it turns out they're 15, and 15 to 17 years old. And they're from Harriman. And so I said to the kid, I was like, do you realize that in our neighborhood, you're on a video camera 20 times from my front door to right where you're standing, you're on a network of video cameras. Cause everybody in our neighborhood has ring doorbells and they're all on a network. So if something happens, people post videos and whatever. And I said, do you realize what you just did right there? And I didn't say, cause I wanted him to tell me he did it. This one kid. And I, I said to the kid, you realize what you just did you're on, you're on a network of video cameras now. For the rest of your life, you're on video being an idiot. And he said, oh man, I was just kidding around and I was just having a good time. And then the big kid, because there's this bigger kid and there's three smaller kids. And what kids. are we talking about when you say big kid? Like what, like- He's I mean, my size. Okay. He's my size. And he starts dropping F-bombs on me. And he said, well, there's, there's four of us and one of you. How do you think this is gonna work out? And so I said to the kid, well, good, I'll start with you and I'll knock. And I said to him, I'll knock you the F out and then I'll deal with these three. How does that sound? And then he stopped and the kid said, hey, man, I'm really sorry. I'm going to get medieval on your ass. And he was looking down, right? Like this is a humble kid. He's looking down. He's like, hey, man, I'm really sorry. We were just messing around. 
And I, and I said to him, I stood right in front of him because there were four of them and it was me and I was standing between the big kid and the kid who had hit my door. And so I stood in front of him and I, and I said to him, hey, look at me. And he wouldn't look at me. So I snapped in his face. I was like, hey, look at me, pick your eyes up. And he picked his eyes up and I said, if you remember one thing I say to you, just remember this, I'm gonna give you a break tonight. But if I was a different guy, you could be shot, stabbed, or you could be unconscious on the ground right now. And he said, wow. He just went like, wow, hey man. And I was like, dude, I'm not gonna do anything. I'm just trying to give you some knowledge. And then the big guy starts mouthing off again. Hey, close. And he just starts F-bombing. And I said, dude, will you just shut up? Do you? And, and I said to him, you're the alpha male here. You're the leader of the pack. These kids are following you. Look at the example you're setting for them. Hey, you start talking shit. And I said to him, your friend just apologized and owned up to what he did. I was ready to walk away. And now here you are being tough guy. Y'all want to play. And his friends are like, yeah, dude, we're really sorry. And I just said, hey, where are you, what are you guys doing here? Like, what are you doing in my neighborhood? And, they're like, and the one kid was like, you know what, man? We rode our scooters up here. We're from Harriman. We just rode our scooters up here. We were at the lake chase because in daybreak, there's this big lake that's several blocks from my house, but there's a bunch of ducks there. And they rode, they got on those bird scooters. They rode up to the lake and they chased ducks around. That's what they were doing. They're kids. They're 17 years old. What do you want from me? And so they were like, hey, we were just, and, and we wound up on your street. We were just messing around. And I said, just think about what you're doing. You ran up and knocked on my door. You disturbed my night. I'm trying to watch the World Series. And now we're standing here on the street. And you have no idea who I am or what I'm about to do. Let that sink in. And the kid's like, yeah, you're, you're right. I'm cool. I get it. And I said, okay, why don't you guys just go home? Just go home. Pack your shit. Let's go. And don't come back. They went their way and I went my way. But I'm just like constant. And I, I, was, I was telling the kid, this is not who you want to be. You're on video being an idiot for the rest of your life. And I, I just want to say to that kid, like, and I said to the big kid when he started F-bombing me again, I said, okay, cool. So you want me to call the cops? You want me to call your parents? You want to make this a big thing? And that's when the other three kids were like, whoa, whoa, dude. Like, no, man, it's all good. On a Thursday night. And I just want people to understand. I'm not, you're not in trouble. But what if I was a different guy? Because, you know, honestly, what I thought I should have done is open that door and yank that kid in my house and be like, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, but there are people in this world who are not kind people. Yeah. There are people in this world who quite literally, I think, probably would have knocked that kid, out, knocked that kid to the ground or something. Yeah. I'm never going to do that. I'm not that guy. But the, you can't even have a conversation with that kid. It, it's, it's amazing yeah. to me. Yeah, dude. It, it, it's amazing to me. It's just, it's just amazing to me that, that that's, that is what it is. I, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. All right. Uh, Alan Malai says, guys, this thumbnail is clickbait bullcrap. In no way, shape, or form is Kalani losing his job. Ridiculous. We didn't say he was losing his so job. So wait, let me get this right. Let me get this right. Let's review. So wait, the, the thumbnail is clickbait bullcrap, but it got you into the show. You're watching and you commented. No, he's not getting fired. That's not what we said on the thumbnail. What we said is, is Kalani Sataki coaching for his job at Boise? It's a perfectly legitimate and reasonable question based on where they're at in their season. And they've won four games and we're in November. So don't tell me <laughs> that it's a ridiculous bullcrap clickbaity question. The thumbnail works, right? Like it's not rocket science. We know what we're doing. Yeah, I, I don't know. 
Uh, let's see. Cody Strickland says, uh, will you guys hold a watch party and do like a fundraiser for Christmas? I'll show up uh, for that and donate. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, we're working on it. We, we're, we're, we're working on something. It. Yeah. You know. Um, let's see. Tanner Plummer says, uh, I'm with Cody. That would be cool. Eric and Raleigh says, teach those kids to think before acting. That's exactly what I was trying to do. BTS says, uh, wow, Monty, great story. Uh, Monty has that THT big boy body. Well, I... Bro, did you just call my guy fat? Did you just call me fat? Like, what's wrong with you, bro? That's not nice. Fat! You know. Fat! Uh, Brian Massey <laughs> says, Doordell, doorbell ditch was my first 40-yard dash. And I actually told them a story about when I was a kid. I got... So me and my friend Keith Horowitz, we were ding-dong ditching, and I want to say it was a knife or something. He dropped a really valuable thing that his father owned. Mm -hmm. So we had to circle back to go find it. The guy came out. He chased us. He almost caught us. It was terrifying. Yeah. It changed my life. And that's exactly what I was trying to do. I'm, I've, you know, it, it just is what it is. Uh, my, wow, that was a crazy story, Mom, but good lesson, I think. Monty, always 100% class. I remember the tomato incident. Need more people like you. We came from sports, uh, like someone said, but stayed for Monty and Jake. Thanks, fellas. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, you know, Jerem says, um, Monty and Jake, I've been doing door-to-door -door sales for 10 years. You guys are pretty, t uh, pretty tough sales. Or how do you handle solicitors? It just depends. Like, it depends on how you act. If you knock on my door... The very way that you knock on the door sets the precedent for the conversation. Yeah, ring the doorbell first. If you pound on my door, I'm probably not going to open it with an open mind. <laughs> right? But if I open the door, and like there was a solar guy months ago now, I think, or a termite guy or something, on a Sunday night soliciting and being like, hey, bro. <laughs> and, and I think he was asking me about Something hey like crazy, like I don't remember what he asked me about. Do you want to save eight hundred thousand dollars a no, year? No, but it was something like where he was like, "Hey, bro, bro, man." Hey he, he he said something like, "Man, this is a great neighborhood, bro." Hey guys, and I, I he said something about the neighborhood, if memory serves, and I was like, "Yeah, that's why we don't allow solicitors." <laughs> but if you knock on my door and you're like, "Hey, man, uh, you know, I'm here to talk to you about solar," you know, like, "Hey, I, I." Whatever your spiel is, listen, if you're Jake and I have done high level sales for a long time, mm -hmm. you've got 10 seconds. It's called an elevator pitch. If I open the door and you're like, bro, this is a great neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. That's why we don't accept yeah, solicitors. That's why you can walk your ass out of it. <laughs> yeah. Take care. Um, but if you say, hey, my name's Steve. And, uh, you know, or if you say, hey, my name's Jerem and I'm here, uh, to talk to you about, uh, like, pest control is constant in my neighborhood. Yeah. We get pest control solicitors all the time. Hey, I'm here to talk to you about pest control. And I'm like, I, I would probably say something like, yeah, you know what, man? I'm, I'm not interested. And if you say to me, well, when you say you're not interested, what do you mean by that? You don't, you don't want or you don't need pest control. I'm probably going to talk to you. If you say to me, well, of course you're interested. Like one of the pest control guys is like, you're interested. You just don't know you're interested. Pause, bro. Pause. And I fired back at him. Yeah, you're never going to know if I'm interested or not because I'm not buying from you. <laughs> Have a good day. But if you are actually a professional salesperson, I'm going to talk to you. By the way, if you're knocking on my door, you better be wearing an ID badge. And you better be looking nice. Because if it, that was the other thing. 
This guy, and you remember that guy. Yeah. There was another guy who came to our front door. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. On a You're week, not that guy. On a weekend, summer weekend night, knocking on my front door. That's the one thing I will never understand. Like, if I was going to go do door knocking, and door knocking's big in real estate. I don't have an issue with door knocking. But you got to understand, like, you can't go over to someone's house. Like, I would not be door knocking much past 5 o'clock. You can't door like, knock on Sunday nights. Especially, with all due respect to my LDS brethren, you don't door knock on Sundays in Utah. No, I'm you sorry. don't. You don't do that. You like, don't. Like Saturday's the day. You need to do it Saturday, probably mid morning in in communities. Like I would say mid morning, ten to eleven, and know what you're gonna say. Yeah. Have a have a spiel, have worked on it. But yeah. That's what I would say. I just yeah, I, I don't know, man. Uh I I'm not the solicitor determines how I am how how I handle it. Uh, let's see. Lopes Van Gabe says, who rolls up to sit on Monty Claw's lap for Christmas? <laughs> hey, guys. Gabe. <laughs> Gabe is under 300 pounds now, so oh he could God, sit on Santa dude. Claus's lap. Good for you, Gabe, by the way. Uh, Caleb Harrison says, no way a salesman said, hey, bro. He oh, did. my God. He straight up did. Dude, you have no idea. Kid. And again, I get it. I am acutely aware that when me, when me, this guy, me. Hey, big dude. What's up, <laughs> hey, boss? Bro. Hey, hoss. Hey, guys. Right? Like, when I open the door, I'm almost 6'4", dude. I am 300 pounds. I'm a big dude. Right. When I open the door, I think it takes some people by surprise. Right. I, and I'm, I fully embrace okay, that. Man. But you can't roll up with boss. Chief. <laughs> like, you can't do boss. Hey, boss. Hey, no. big guy. <laughs> I've gotten, hey, big guy, I've gotten, hey, big guy, chances I'm going to drop my credit card on you when you say, hey, boss, hey, big guy, hey, chief, hey, stud. <laughs> I've gotten stud, too. Like, I had a solicitor oh God, say to me dude. on the phone, granted, hey, stud. Yeah, not, probably not going to happen, dude. Probably not going to happen. I, Jesus. I mean, yeah, and, and it is. It totally is. You'd be surprised, Caleb. Salesmen try to act all casual. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Uh, Boyd says, I hate vendors interrupting me while I'm working at home. Not good. And that's the other thing. A lot of people work at home. Yeah. You know, Tanner says, I'm taking a career class in school and I finished creating an elevator pitch. It was somewhat easy. It's not hard, but you got to practice it. You, you willing to put your elevator pitch on Twitter? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I'm a high level sales professional as well. Door to door guys got to start somewhere, but don't get stuck in it. I know the money can be good, but building a family and a friend-centered life is everything. Yes, it is. Yeah, I just don't think. Yes, like, it so is. So, like I said, I don't have an issue with door-to-door -door sales. I think it's, I think it's the 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 proving ground for great sales. I think it, you know, it, it does break you in. It does force you to to do some things. I just think that guys are guys don't want to do it. Nine out of ten guys don't want to do it. And and I really feel like. Like in Phoenix, there was this big initiative in the real estate world for door knocking yes. before all the Californians moved to Phoenix because there was a lot of opportunity. And so it was like, cool, you got a lot of door knockers. Totally get it. But you definitely can tell the difference between someone who knows what they're doing and what they don't. And nine out of 10 guys don't know what they're doing. Yes, I did see that. Yes, Justin South. Did you all see the video of the sales guy who accidentally called the owner the yes, N word? Yes, dude. That's what I'm talking about. How yeah. does that? You don't accidentally he, call someone the N word. It was dude. a solar guy and he was doing solar. And they, so we went to the neighbor's house to say, hey, I am installing solar on your neighbor's house. And he went to the guy's door, knocked on it. And the guy opened the door and he was a black man. And, and I think the, solar salesman was surprised and he said i'm in, i'm going around talking to all the n-words 
about solar. And it was, it was crazy. You can't, like, and, and that's a thing. Like, that's what I'm saying, dude. Like, know who you are. Like, if you're yeah. not comfortable doing door-to-door, then don't do it, right? Yeah. But, uh, but again, and I'm just going to keep saying it, and I know, I, it's, I know I'm not trying to be over the top. That's why you should at least watch webinars. That's why you should at least see if something's a fit and, for you. And like, what, I, what honestly, I would tell you, and I, I think Jake might disagree on this. You want to be a salesman? You want to make real money? Go to Yelp. Well, I don't because disagree with getting it. on the yeah. phone at Yelp, being a local salesperson at Yelp. I made close to $300,000 a year at Yelp. Yeah. Being a sales guy at Yelp makes or breaks you in sales. Yeah. Because you can do it or you can't. You've got game or you don't. And what I would say is. They teach get, you. Get like, on YouTube. Yeah. Watch, watch, the, watch the Wolf of Wall Street sales lines. Mm -hmm. Go do your interview at Yelp. And seriously, if you want to work at Yelp, DM me, I'll connect you. Yeah, we can get you in. You'll make good money. If you got game, you'll make money at Yelp. But you better have game. You better have game. And yeah, you, dude. And, and the other thing that you better know unequivocally is we never miss football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty Show. See what I did there? Like it, I it, saw what you did there. Unequivocally. Unequivocally, machinations, and yeah. All right, big games in college football tomorrow. Tennessee and Georgia. How about Georgia? In Georgia. Athens, by the way. Kirby. This is this is in Athens. Minus eight, the number 67. Is Tennessee the legitimate number one? Because they're ranked number one in the college football playoff rankings. Yeah. Is Tennessee the best team in the country? Yeah, I think they are. And I think this is the game we've all been waiting for. When when we, you know, talk about college football that I want to watch, I want to watch this game. I want I want to watch. Tennessee's offensive line operate against that Georgia defense. And I think that this is what, like for me, this is what you live for in college football. Like, great, you're the number one country in the nation. You have that ranking. Now show me you can beat whatever one assumes is the number one team in the country on the football field in Georgia. Show me you can beat them. And if you beat them, there's no reason why. A, you shouldn't be in the college football playoff, but B, you shouldn't be the, you know, undisputed number one team in the country. Like, that's what this game is. Yep. Hey, a uh, big shout out to David Fulmer, who's standing there talking to Mrs. Monty. Got his ticket. BB stopped by. He had to go right back to work. BB, good to see you. Thanks to everybody who stopped by this morning. I know Mrs. Monty's out there being busy handing out uh, Powerball tickets. Come to the Maverick Center until 9 o'clock or while supplies last. Yeah. Powerball's $1.5 million. Come by, get your ticket. Right in front, walk up the steps, top right side. You'll see a bright light there. Mrs. Monty will be waiting for you. Uh, I think I think Tennessee's the best team in the country, but I think it's awfully difficult to go to Athens and win. Well, and I think this is one of those games where it's like two really high-level teams, and it just comes down, literally, it just comes down to like one or two plays. And that's why I say, like, I, if you're Tennessee, if you're any kind of competitor, this game is is your entire life. This game is your entire season, like everything that you would ever want as a football player. Yeah, I agree. I'm super stoked on this game. Uh, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Tennessee to upset Georgia. Probably not gonna happen. Then there's Alabama minus, minus 13 and a half at uh, number 10 LSU in Death Valley. 5:30 on ESPN. Uh, I love Alabama. I just am not sold on Brian Kelly and LSU. Brian doesn't have a great record against Alabama as a head football coach. Family, as Brian Kelly tries to say. Uh, I think this is one of those get-back games for Alabama. Yeah. I don't know that they cover 13 and a half, but I love the fact that they're going to Death Valley and they're going to win. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I agree. I do think Alabama wins this game, but I don't know that it goes over. I, I feel like 
this, That's a big this number. Could be, this could be uh, an Alabama domination type game, I feel like. When you don't expect it, usually Alabama's good for it. 56 and a half? That's a big number, dude. That's a big, big number. That is a big number. A uh, couple other things on football 50 presented by uh, Papa Murphy's Pizza. Uh, how about the Philadelphia Eagles last night? They're 8 and 0. Yeah. There's no more time to talk about are they legitimate. It's not an accident. What did you say in the pre-show yeah, meeting? Eight no is not an accident. It's not the conversation is no longer are they for real or can you know Jalen Hurts get the job done or like it. We're we're way past that now. I mean you're pull up there. Who, who else they got? Who else they got? What's the rest of their schedule look like, real quick? Well, what I let's see Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Eagles schedule the remainder of the way is. Uh, Commanders, they're, so they're going to have a bye week. So Commanders on the 14th at the Colts, Packers, Titans at the Giants, at the Bears, at the Cowboys. Well, that's the stretch right there. Yeah, at the Giants, I, at I, the Bears, at the Cowboys. But there's no reason they can't be 13, 14, and 0. I mean, I, think I, I look at that and I say, okay. 9, 10. Like they'll the lose. Packers, I don't know that they'll lose to the Packers. The Packers are not the same Packers team we all know and love. <sighs> Dude. And does that not that's at home for them? Yeah, 9 10 Dude, that'd I, be I 11 12. Win. I think their first loss comes at the Giants. Mm-hmm. I think the first loss comes at the Giants. I could be wrong, but Okay, so um, let's say they lose the Giant game. They're not losing again until what? Maybe the Cowboys 13 maybe? I would think they would lose at the Cowboys. 14th win against the Saints, 15th win against the the Giants. I could see them. I could see them being 15 and 2. I I, I could domination, see that. Dude. Hey, Mike Maples, what's up? Good to see you, Mike. Uh, Mike ba- Maples drops by to get his Powerball ticket. I, I think it. I think the Eagles are legit, and I think at some point somebody's got to put some respect on on some respect on my name. Jalen Hurts because the guy is completing sixty eight percent of his passes. He is on track to be a five thousand yard passer. I, I mean, I I don't know what, what Jalen Hurts can do to yeah. solidify himself as an NFL passer. Um, I, I mean, I, I have to believe that the only other thing that he can do is order some Papa Murphy's pizza uh-huh. using the promo code Monty25 to save 25% off your purchase at $25 or more. Yesterday, again, you guys were tweeting at us pictures of your pizza, telling us who the pizza that you ordered. Amazing. Papa Murphy's is such a good partner of ours. Yes. Use the code Monty25. Tell us the pizza you order. Makes a big difference for the show. We appreciate that. Use the promo code Monty25, and I'd really encourage you, download the app. Download the Papa Murphy's app. Yeah. You, that's the best way to order. Then you can just walk in the door. There's a rack inside every Papa a Murphy's rack. pizza. A rack, a tag. You just pick up your order, and you walk away, and you're done. That's it. It's so easy to and order cool from Papa is Murphy's. you can do it at like 9 in the morning if you want to. You can place your order yep. and plan ahead. That's the cool thing. Yep. You can tell them, hey, I'll pick it up at 5. And it will be sitting there. It'll be your, for us, it's two pizzas and the take and bake chocolate chip cookies. Hell yeah. Take them home, pop it on the smoker, done in 25 minutes. Bada boom, bada bing. It's done. Yeah. What more do you want from me? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All right. Uh, what are the people what? saying? Let's see what the people are saying real quick. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, do you think the Packers coach is on the hot seat? Not this year, next year. Next they, year, They yeah. need offensive weaponry. But I, I will say, I, what's the right way to say this? I will say that I think, and I need to look at Aaron Rodgers' numbers before I just go spouting off. Does it make you feel responsible? Aaron Rodgers needs needs weapons. Yeah, I he mean, needs help. He, he needs help. He, yeah. they, they did not go and get him a, a wide receiver. And you, you can say what you want about um, the Packers, and you can say what you want about um, 
their head coach, Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur. You can say what you want about Matt LaFleur, but Aaron Rodgers is still a good quarterback. I mean, the yeah. guy right now, his numbers, 1,800 yards on the dot, 13 touchdowns, but this is the number that scares me a little bit about Aaron Rodgers, 66% passing. Wow. Well, that that number's that low. That doesn't scare me. It's low because his guys are dropping passes. That number, well, that's my point. That's, I don't, that's not on him. I don't think that Aaron Rodgers, and you've lost four in a row, but if you look at A-Rod in, the, in that Bills game, that's the game that scares you. In 19 of 30, 203, two touchdowns and a pick. And you ran for 208 yards. Yeah. If I'm Matt LaFleur, and I know I don't have the weapons on the outside, give Aaron Jones the ball more. Yeah. Why are you so hesitant to run the ball more? And sometimes I think Matt LaFleur, and he is an offensive genius, I get it. Yeah. Sometimes I think Matt LaFleur outthinks himself. Gets too cute. That's what I think, and and I, I would I would simplify everything. That's just me. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Papa Murphy's app is so user-friendly. So totally. easy. Totally easy. Uh, I have always been a Jalen fan, Justin Sala says. Next step is to see how he plays when the lights are brightest. Got to perform in the playoffs. Absolutely. Yep. And you can't fall apart the second half of the season. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, good morning, casuals. What's up? Uh, Jerem Patterson says, I ordered yesterday and got olives on my... Okay, well, we don't need to Dude, read the rest I, you, of that. You were doing so we just well. just move on. Like, you were doing no, so don't well. don't justify the comment. If you're going to order olives on your pizza, I'm going to say, okay, that's fine. It's a free country. I'm not putting olives on my pizza. Sorry, folks, that's what it is. Satan, Satan's giblets don't belong on a pizza, and that's what olives are. I'm just... Because it's garbage. <laughs> he says, in every bite, I thought of you and Jake. Well... We're in your head. Yeah. We're in your head, Jaren. Yeah, we're Paul George and you, you know what I mean? <laughs> Paul George. Joe Ingles is living rent-free in his brain. Anyway. Uh, oh, God. Tanner says, do you guys have any thoughts on the Eagles' run defense? Look at the stats. It wasn't good last night. Well, let's not get too deep into the weeds. Yeah, let's not get too deep yeah. into the weeds. The, the, the Eagles are fine. Yeah. The Eagles are fine. fine. And you're fine when you go to utahadvocates.com. The Monty Show presented by The Advocates, the best injury attorneys in Utah, without a doubt. The Advocates, utahadvocates.com. I've known Matt Driggs and the guys at The Advocates for 10 years. They supported us back at 1320K Fan. The sports leader. And I'm just thrilled to have them back on the show. They are our presenting sponsor because... When you're in a wreck, they realize, and this is the word that I use a lot on this show as well, empathy, understanding somebody else's point of view, perspective, situation. When you can put yourself in somebody else's position, it allows you to act accordingly. And I think empathy is a big word at the advocates. They understand that when you get hurt at work or you get in an accident because somebody was driving distracted and they hit you, or you're riding your bike and you know somebody opens a car door. Mm -hmm. When those accidents, accidents happen, you deserve to be compensated for that because their reckless behavior has caused you financial and physical harm. That's right, T. Somebody's gotta make you whole, and trust me when I say your insurance company isn't fighting for you. Your insurance company is fighting for your insurance company. They've got hundreds and thousands of lawyers. Why aren't you represented? Go to the Utah Advocates, let them be your advocate let them fight for you let them work on your behalf so you can focus on getting healthy getting back to work doing the things that you need to do to put your life back together that's why you trust the advocates because they don't ask you for money up front they don't take retainers mm -hmm. they don't take consultation fees you don't pay the advocates unless and until they win your case chat with them online 
right now for free at utahadvocates.com. Uh, hour number two on the show. Uh, we still have uh, lotto tickets. We are giving away Powerball tickets. Although I will say, Mrs. Monty's given away uh, a, a pretty good amount. Yeah. There's been a lot of people in the first hour of the show. Um, she's got a good bit left. I think she's probably got, I would say, about 20 left. We're getting some intel here. I think um, she's we, telling you we how are. Much she has left. Um, but just really good to see again. David Fulmer, Mike Maples. Mike, I appreciate you, man. Mike supports the show on a daily basis. Uh, thanks for being here. I'll tweet some pictures after the show. Mrs. Monty is uh, taking pictures yeah, of everybody we, that's we coming get some by. Of those pictures on the on the on the show here. We if, can if do that. Can. Let me yeah. let me put up Mike Maples because yeah, Mike up, is a Mike, Mike yeah. is a supporter of the show. I appreciate Mike. Yeah. Uh, he he comes by. He tweets at us. And this is kind of what we were talking about. Why why we were so excited to do this? This is why. This is why Cougar Tales. Yeah, it uh, allows us to meet you guys. Yeah. And and that's and that's what's kind of exciting about it. You know, like. To be able to uh, to have people, you know, come by and see the studio, and it's just fun. It is fun. And the studio, I mean, the studio's a work in progress. Next week, it's going to look completely different. Uh, over the weekend, we're going to do, not completely different, uh, but there's Mike Maples right there. Yeah, What's right up, there. Mike? Good to see you, see? bud. Uh, appreciate you coming by. There's Mike in front of our studio. You see my beautiful self and Jake doing the show in the background. Um, we appreciate you, Mike. Mike is, like I said, he tweets at us a lot. We, we talk online. He interacts with our listeners. He yeah. comments on the show. Mike, you're a stud. We appreciate you, bud. Um, but yeah, we want you guys to be able to come by and interact with the show. We don't do it a lot. Um, just because, well, it's early and it's six in the morning, but we figured a $1.5 billion in Powerball tickets would get you out. Yeah. Uh, and it has a lot of people have come by the show. We appreciate it. again, come to Maverick center. Um, until nine o'clock or while supplies last, we have Powerball tickets. They're free. You just walk in, say, Mrs. Monty's waiting in the lobby there for you. Walk up the stairs that are in front of Maverick Center all the way to the right, the last door. There's a bright white light that's on. You'll see it. It's kind of a beacon to your billions. A beacon of hope. Um, a beacon to your, a beacon to your billion. Right. Hey guys, I waste my best material on Jake every day. Yeah. Donnie. Yeah. Where is the, uh, where is the rim shot? There you go. There you go, there rim you go. shot. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we have the bright light on so you can see. Come in. If you want to take a photo, great. If you don't, no problem. Uh, you don't have to. But please come get your free Powerball tickets. Say hello. It's just a way that we get to get back to you guys because you support this show. So we always love having you guys out. Um, why don't we talk about Kyrie Irving? Because this story is a big one. And I, I don't know what to necessarily make of this. Right. Because it is Kyrie apologizing. He apologized on Instagram, and you can't really see that, I know. But I wanted to show you um, that this is Kyrie's apology so that you know that I'm reading this directly from his Instagram. Because I do think it's important to read his apology. Right. Um, and I'll read it. I'll read this one section verbatim because I think this matters. Kyrie Irving said, um, to all the Jewish families and communities that are hurt and affected from my post, I am deeply sorry to have caused you pain, and I apologize. I initially reacted out of emotion to being unjustly labeled anti-Semitic. Instead of focusing on the healing process of my Jewish brothers and sisters that were hurt from the hateful remarks made in the documentary, I want to clarify any confusion on where I stand fighting against anti-Semitism uh, by apologizing for posting the documentary without context and a factual explanation outlining 
the specific beliefs in the documentary I agreed with and disagreed with. I had no intentions to disrespect any Jewish cultural, cultural history regarding the Holocaust or perpetuate any hate. I am learning from this unfortunate event and I hope we can find understanding between us all. I am no different than any other human being. I am a seeker of truth and knowledge and I know who I am. Do you believe him? No. You don't believe him? No, not even a little bit. Okay, so let me ask you this. He apologized. Did he? I think that is a good apology. I don't. I don't think it's legitimate. I think. How do we know he wrote it? How do we know that Kyrie's putting the effort in? But on the surface level, on the surface level, I feel like he was forced to apologize. We were talking to one of our NBA sources last night. And he told us that the Nets told Kyrie Irving, you will apologize or we are going to park company. Joe Sy directly communicated, the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, we were told by an NBA source, directly communicated to Kyrie Irving that you will apologize or essentially we will cut you. And they will cut him for cause using the morals clause in the NBA, every NBA contract has a morals clause. They suspended Kyrie five games without pay for bringing harm and disrepair or disres- you know, essentially damaging their reputation. So they suspended him with, for cause without pay. And they would have cut him and refused to pay him for the exact same thing. There is that. Was he forced to apologize? I think he was. Is this apology, apology genuine? I think when somebody says they apologize and they spe- the, the line that I think matters most is where he said, I, uh, to all the Jewish families and communities that are hurt and affected from my post, I am deeply sorry to have caused you pain and I apologize. But here's the problem. He's not apologizing for posting it. That's the thing that's stuck in my craw. Is he apologetic? <clears throat> I'm sure he is. This has cost him, again, more millions. Do I believe him? On some level, I take it at face value because he's saying he's sorry. But I don't think he's sorry for being anti-Semitic. I don't believe, in my opinion, he's sorry for having posted the, the, the links. I think he's sorry that there's outrage about it. Because you also, do you have that video? I don't know if we have yep. that video. I don't mean to uh, yep. be caught off guard here. Um, but you also don't do what Kyrie did right here and expect there to be no repercussions. This is, so here's the timeline from the Nets. Kyrie Irving makes this post, meets with the media. We played the video yesterday where he fights with Nick Friedle from ESPN during a press conference. The Nets said to him, as I tweeted the other day, hey, that's not good. We did not like that. You need to do better. So yesterday, Kyrie was put in front of the media by the Nets again with their assumption he would apologize, but instead did this. Again, I'm going to repeat. I don't know how the label becomes justified because you guys ask me the same questions over and over again, but this is not going to turn into a spin-around cycle of questions upon questions. I told you guys how I felt. I respect all walks of life and embrace all walks of life. That's where I sit. I think what people want to hear though is yes or no on that question. Yes or no. I, I cannot be anti-Semitic 
if I know where I come from. I cannot be anti-Semitic if I know where I come from. Oof. And that is him parroting Kanye West. And I think that was just the final straw. As it was explained to me, the Nets wanted him and expected him to apologize, and he refused. And they suspended him for five games without pay for conduct detrimental and damaging to the NBA and the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets did that. And then almost immediately, he began crafting an apology. And he released it on Instagram. Do we know he wrote it? Uh, No. The first thing I thought was, and by the way, the other part of this, and I don't want to undersell the lead here. Do you remember the story where Kyrie Irving donated $500,000 and met with the Anti-Defamation League? Well, turns out Kyrie didn't meet with the Anti-Defamation League. He sent his stepmother, who is also his agent, he sent his stepmother to meet with the Anti-Defamation League. So in kind, the Anti-Defamation League refused his $500,000 donation. And once the Nets heard that, once he refused to apologize, they suspended him. And then he crafted an apology and posted it on on his Instagram. I believe that he wrote it. I do believe he wrote it. Is he sincere? I don't know. My question is, why didn't you cut Kyrie Irving? That's my biggest question. And that's the thing that I'm having trouble reconciling. Why did you not cut Kyrie Irving? Because if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I would have cut Kyrie Irving. You know, like I just would not have, I won't, I wouldn't tolerate it. Yeah, I don't understand why. So this is what I don't understand. And this is my problem. Kyrie Irving is on video in the press conferences that we just played you, right? All this is on video, yeah, and that's where all the issues come from. Yet we're willing to accept an apology on Instagram? That's like, what I... And like, I don't understand this. Like, why, why is he not put back in front of the media and forced to speak it, right? Writing it is one thing. Speaking it should be the bare minimum here. You should have to say, hey, man, I messed up here. And I do sincerely apologize. That's why I don't believe he wrote it. That's why I don't believe it's genuine. That like, I, like, there's no difference between sending your agent slash whatever you said, stepmom or mom or whatever, to to the Anti Defamation League, and her writing this for you. Yeah. Like, there's no difference. And 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 I just, I'm not gonna give Kyrie Irving the benefit of the doubt. No. He doesn't and- deserve the benefit of the doubt. What he deserves is to be cut and not play for a while. That's what he deserves. What's going to happen is he's going to be suspended, obviously, and deal with it. But that's why I have issues with this. Yep. Uh, By the way, uh, Teddy Wayman says, Kyrie was about to be out of a job. That's why he apologized. I completely agree, dude. Yep. Uh, Salty Drunk says, I think the word you were looking for is disrepute. Yes, that's exactly the word. You know, yeah. Uh, Kanai Johnson says, uh, Kylie, Kyrie, uh, was forced to apologize for this. If he was forced, then he never would have apologized. No, I agree. I don't think he ever would have apologized. And it's why, you know, like when I heard the other night and I tweeted the other night that the NBA told the Nets they were not going to take action against Kyrie, I think that empowered Kyrie. And that's why the Fredell thing happened. And then, you know, the second media, I, I just think that we're watching Joe Sy evolve as an owner. The owner of the Nets is a guy named Joe Sy. Yeah. You're watching Joe Sy evolve as an owner. You can't throw money at things and think it's going to get better. And I, I, Teddy, I think you're exactly right. He was out of a job 
and that's why he had to apologize. Justin Sala says, this is not his apology. I majored in public relations, and this apology was 100% written by his publicist. Probably. Probably. Uh, Tom Basilius says, remember when the Steelers went like 9-0, and lost all the remaining games? I do. I do, and it was a good day. Uh, did Kyrie really just quote all lives matter that response? Yes, he yeah, did. He did. And that's the worst part of it. And I think again, there's that, what's that word? Empathy. I think there's that word. I think Kyrie has no empathy for the Jewish community and it's that whole, Hey, that's well, issue. well, yeah, black lives matter, but all lives matter. Well, cause you don't have empathy for what, you know, black Americans are going through with the police at that time. Kyrie has no empathy for what his words have done to the Jewish community yeah. and the damage that the, 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 the words, the writings, the documentary <laughs> that you published has done to the Jewish community. Facts. You have no empathy for, for the Jewish community. You have no idea. You don't care. That's, that's the biggest problem. And especially in a place like New York where the Jewish community is so prevalent. Yeah. And it's such a, a, an important part of the New York melting pot. To, to say those things and do those things in any part of this country is horrendous. But when you say and do those things in New York, it, I mean, come on. Come on now. Robert Lambert says, I, don't, I didn't see that as an apology. Josh Leverage says, Kyrie is like water. He seems to take the path of least... Uh, restriction and keeps it moving. I would agree with that. Absolutely. Um, Boyd Lake says it, it's written so that there's no mistake in delivery. Oh, that's a great point. But but this is but but here's my deal, right? I you're not wrong about that, Boyd. My problem is is that is that that pressure of not mistaking your delivery is what makes an apology genuine. Yes. yes. Right. The the forcing Kyrie Irving to sit down and be genuine and say, yes, that was a mistake. I should not have said those things. They do not reflect me as an individual and who I am. I am not anti-Semitic. I am not someone who, who you know, yeah. hates people because they're Jewish, which is the message that you've been sending for the last two weeks. Like, like he should, like, that's my thing lately. I feel like in media relations, these guys get up there, say whatever the hell they want, and then are not forced to get right back up there and face the music. And, and this that's goes, my problem. But this all goes back to that Alex Jones thing he tweeted. Like yeah. it, 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 it's yes. just it's ugly, and I think it's it's really difficult. Where the way I would handle this if I were the Nets, I would have Kyrie sit down with, and this is where you miss Rachel Nichols because this is the Rachel Nichols wheelhouse right here. But I would have Kyrie sit down with, I would probably have, have it be Shaq or Richard Jefferson, a former player, and I would, I would have him do a one-on-one -on -one apology interview. That's what I would do. I have to tell you, like my opinion is, I don't think there's anything wrong with that solution, but I don't want to leave any doubt that Kyrie Irving is being genuine in what he's saying. So yeah. like a lot of people in today's culture, we like, oh, well, they edited that interview. They cut that interview. Like they made him look good, right? Like a lot of people will say that about interviews like that. So that's why I say it, w they're overcomplicating this on some level. If you would just- Oh, I agree with that. If you would just put yes. his ass in the chair, make him make a statement. And what it really should be is it should be Joe Sy 
right? Sean Marks and Kyrie Irving. The owner, the GM, and the player. Those three guys at a table, and what should happen is Josai should make his statement and say what he wants to say. Then Sean should go. Then Kyrie should go. I don't know. I I think this is a Kyrie Irving problem, and it's become a Nets problem because it's Kyrie. And I think if if I am... Kyrie has got to, and I, I, I know some people have suggested on Twitter that he sit down with Nick Friedle. You're only going to get one shot at this. And if you want to handle this correctly, it should be with a former player because player culture in the NBA matters. And you should sit down and you should say, hey, I was wrong. I have completely botched this. And he needs to be, the problem is I don't think Kyrie believes that. Yeah. I think that's the issue. And I think that's probably why you won't see him in front of the media much. But when he comes back from this five games, and I think they will have him back after this five games, when he comes back from this five games, I, I mean, you, you he has got to sit in front of the media. But again, I, you know what I go back to? Why is this guy still on your team? <laughs> I understand why Kevin Durant's on your team. I totally get it. Thanks. Why is Kyrie Irving still in your organization? He should be a Laker. This should be a Laker problem. You should have traded him to the Lakers, period, full stop, end of story. You should have done that over the summer, and you didn't. You got greedy. You should have traded him to the Lakers. The minute he opted in, you should have traded him to the Lakers. And you should have, you should have picked up the $10 million bucks on Russ's, Russ's contract and, and been done with it, yep. period, full stop. That's it. I, I just don't know. I, I don't know, man. Mike Maple says, uh, thanks for the ticket, friends. Kyrie has always been contentious, and he buys into conspiracy theories. That's what my wife said. Yeah. My wife made a really good point last night. We were laying in bed, um, both dying, and she was coughing up one of her lungs. And between phlegm spits, she said, <coughs> um, this goes back to his flat earth thing. Yeah, I mean, he's he's that guy that's always shared that type of thing. And I, and I just think... There's this sect of America right now that just thinks they can say whatever the hell they want to say. And you can't. And you can't do that. You can't. Uh, Mike says, not buying the apology, <laughs> but it's hard to stomach him getting suspended and not Draymond. I see. And, and But I don't. Okay. I think these are two different things. Mike and Mike and Eric and Raleigh were tweeting about this last night. I think these are two very different things. I think they both should have been. I would have cut both of them. I would not have under any circumstance. I would not have allowed. Draymond Green, who who violently assaulted a coworker, to remain on my roster, and I would not have allowed an anti-Semite and somebody who espouses anti-Semitic views to be on my roster. Here's the issue I have with comparing the Draymond thing and the Kyrie thing. The Draymond thing, whether you like it or not, <clears throat> is not like him punching Jordan Poole at practice is not the same as someone getting punched in the office at their desk because they're frustrated with a spreadsheet, right? It's two different things. Like, in sports, they live in fantasy land. This is not the real world, right? So you have to understand that that Draymond Green having an altercation with Jordan Poole in practice is not going to be handled the same way as Jimmy getting down and throwing hands in the office. It's two different things, and I don't like that. I wish it was adjudicated the same way. It should be. That's, that is the proper way to go about it, but that's just not the world we live in. And so to me, saying that comparing Kyrie Irving to Draymond Green is asinine in my opinion because it's, it's not, it's not anti-Semitic. It's not racism. It's not like it's too teammates. It is workplace <clears throat> violence though. I mean, yes, but it's not, it, 
yes, it's workplace violence, but it's never going to be treated like like a nine to five employee punching another no, nine to five employee. That. Like, but that's I, not I, how it works. But I, I think, and Mike, I don't speak for Mike Maples in any way, shape, or form. But what I think, or what I got from Mike's tweets and his comment this morning, why does the NBA tolerate this stuff? These yeah. are self-made problems. Yeah, that's and, true. And that's why I go to this thing with the Nets. Like, I think the Nets are responsible for this situation. You kept Kyrie on your team. You knew the devil was there. And they say the devil you know is better than the one you don't. I agree with that. You should have traded Kyrie to the, the Lakers. Let this be the Lakers problem, man. And I agree with the sentiment that the NBA is allowing these issues to continue to happen. Like, yeah, like you could have dropped the hammer on both of these guys. And probably, not probably, you should have dropped the hammer on Draymond Green. That, like, I, like we talked about on the show that that should have been like 20, 30 games. They, and and the, the problem is there, and if you don't remember, Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole in the face at practice. And they said that they didn't cut or suspend Kyrie because they felt he had earned the right to celebrate the championship. Draymond, Draymond excuse me. They didn't cut Draymond or suspend him because they felt like he had earned the right to be part of the championship ceremony, which is an absolute joke. Yeah. And my, I lost all respect for the Warriors right there. This Kyrie thing, Joe Sy continues to lay down. And, and what this is, is Joe Sy sending a message to every player in the NBA, here's who I am, this is what I'm willing to accept. That's what he's doing. And that they didn't trade Kevin Durant and they didn't trade Kyrie, well, it worked out for about 15 seconds. And to your credit, and to a lot of other of our listeners' credit, you all said this was going to blow up in their face. And guess what? It blew up in their face now. Because there's no way to save this. Yeah. You either cut Kyrie or you trade him. And if I'm Joe Sy, if I can get a, a first-round pick from the Lakers, I'm making that trade today. Because it solves everybody's problems. The problem is, I don't know that the Lakers will do that trade. Now. Yeah, I think he's damaged goods. Because I, I don't see how you how you can support him on your team. You know, like it 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 just it yeah. Uh, Jeremy Severe says, uh, "What disappoints me is that athletes don't even get the proper punishment. Five day suspension is nothing to him. Any other person would be fired and sued. Don't disagree Agreed. with that." Uh, Maple says, "It would be like him posting anti Mormon material playing for the Jazz." Totally yeah, hundred percent. And that's why I'm saying, like, yeah. comparing, like, again, I, I want to be really clear because I don't want to see comments like, "Oh, like you're advocating for Draymond." I'm not advocating for Draymond, right? Like the guy, sh they should have dropped the hammer on him. What he did was completely inappropriate, like, obviously. Yeah. But what I am saying is that comparing Draymond getting in a fight at practice is different and probably not a great idea when you're comparing it to essentially, you know, racism and anti-Semitism. Uh, yeah, like, being a racist not, and yeah. a bigot is never, is not, never okay. Like, I just don't think it... I, I, like, yes, they're both wrong, but what Kyrie is doing right now is is likely something that's going to end his career. Like, that's what we're talking about here. Yep. Punching some dude in the face at practice is not going to end your career. Yeah, sadly. Uh, McKinley Cutler gives us two bucks and says, dude went full Kanye, never go full Kanye, and never. That's, and that's the other thing. Yeah. Like, you can clearly see. So, like, obviously, I'm sure everyone watching the show, you probably have seen Kanye posting about Kyrie. Nobody cares about that per se because Kanye is Kanye. We all know what you're, you know what you're buying there, yes. right? The issue is with Kyrie... I feel like he's still got this sliver of hope to save himself, and you can still see the parallels in what he says 
and what Cotton oh, May yeah. saying, dude. Absolutely. And that's the problem. I agree. Raptor88 says, come on, casuals, hit the like button. Yes, please do hit the like button, casuals. Uh, give us a thumbs up. We really appreciate that. It, it absolutely makes a difference. It helps the channel grow. Um, thanks so much. And again, we are trying to get, we do actually have a goal here. We are trying to get to 10,000 by the end of the year, and I've been terrible at doing this. We're at 7760 um, subscribers on this channel. So please give us a thumbs up. Uh, it really does help the channel grow. Um, Robert Lambert says playing in the NBA is not a right. It's a privilege. I agree. Agreed. Maple says forcing him in front of the media would seem forced and not believed if he did. There definitely could be. Uh, I'm so glad social media didn't exist when I was younger. Chris P, you ain't kidding. Yeah, dude. Me too. Uh, Lopes Van Gabe says, how many chances is Kyrie going to get at making this apology? I feel like we're talking about his fourth or fifth attempt at this point. Too many. Too many, in my opinion. He should go on J.J. Reddick's podcast. Oh, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. He should go on J.J. Reddick's yeah. podcast. Uh, McKinley Cutler said, dude went full Kanye. Yes, he did. Caleb says, uh, Kyrie kept it real and wrote on Twitter and said he meant no disrespect to anyone's religious belief. What else do you all want him to do? I think the hard part is he can't say it. And I think there is also, by the way, I think there is some anxiety in Kyrie when it comes to the media. I think Kyrie does not trust the media at all. I think he is an adversarial figure when it comes to the media. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah. And, you know, maybe justifiably so, I don't know. What but else do I, I want him to do? I want him to I want him to 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 the first chance he gets with the media, I want him to go full, you know, full stop on, hey, I'm not an anti Semite. I'm not someone who who hates Jews. That's what I want him to do. I want him to say, hey, those are not my beliefs. I made a mistake by tweeting that, and I really do apologize. That was obviously not well thought out, and that doesn't represent who I am, and I understand why it's so offensive. If he just said what he wrote, we wouldn't be talking about this right now. Like, I feel like Twitter, Twitter is the lifeblood of the NBA community, I feel like. Guys will tweet things, and then it's like, okay, yeah, I can just tweet an apology, and that's good enough. Like, that's yeah. not how the world works. Not especially when it comes to race and bigotry. It just is. It works. Yeah, it just is. So what it's I want not. him to do is I want him to get in front of the media, and I want him to keep it real. And I want him to have to speak the words that I apologize and I was wrong. That's yeah. what I want. Uh, Chris P says, like it or not, what Draymond did was a crime. What Kyrie did wasn't. Well, you're not wrong. You know, Macho Man. Hey, by the way, thank you, uh, Joe, for coming in. The Macho Man came in. Says, "Thanks, guys. Sorry, I was in a rush. I had to get to work. Thank God, the Maverick Center is next to hopefully my former house." Well, I'm okay. Um, I'm glad you were here, Macho Man. Thank you guys you. have been amazing. Macho so many people man. have come by. Britt's got about Mrs. Monty's got about uh, 15, 14, 15 tickets left uh, for the Powerball. Just come to the Maverick Center. Walk up the front stairs, top right side of the staircase. You'll see the bright light. Come get your free uh, Powerball ticket. Uh, $1.5 billion. The drawing is tomorrow. Uh, Mike Maple says they'll never be treated the same. I get it. I agree, Jake. The Nets knew what Kyrie was when they signed him and then they re-signed him. Yeah. But you know the thing I don't get about guys like Kyrie? Why do you not leverage the media? Leverage the media for good and, and, and for, for your purpose. Yeah. Use the media. Talk to the media when you need the media. And I'm a big believer in being prepared. If you're Kyrie, you have to have a prepared statement memorized. 
When you get in front of the cameras, you shouldn't take questions. You should make a statement and walk away. Why does Donovan Mitchell rarely stand in front of cameras? Because he knows it's almost a no-win situation. Why is Danny Ainge not talking about Donovan Mitchell but wants to talk about, hey, this roster is amazing? Because he's leveraging the media. Yeah. That's why. Why does Kyle Winningham rarely do media interviews and never has media at practice? Because there's no advantage for him. Leverage the media. Use them when you need them. Avoid them when you don't. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is not rocket point. science. But yet, he won't do that. He, he, he just won't do that. Robert Lambert, good morning to you. If I'm the Nets, I'm done. Bye-bye, Kyrie. Good luck in China or wherever you will, they will let you play because it won't be in the NBA. If they cut him, I think his career's over in the NBA. Yeah. Honest to goodness, I don't see how anybody picks that up. I, it's such a dumpster fire. Uh, Teddy Wayman says, I think this could be Kyrie's last season in the NBA. I think it could be. Yeah. And I, I just maintain, I would have cut both Draymond and Kyrie and nobody would have signed them. Because you can't have workplace violence and you can't have an anti-Semite on, on his roster, on your roster. Yeah. You, you just can't do it. Caleb says uh, he won't ever leverage the media because he thinks the media is evil. Um, every said the media uh, tried to create him into a, a sidekick back in Cleveland. That he did say. Um, ever since he has decided to become his own person. Well, and he has said, you know, part of his belief system with this, and I don't want to get into this documentary, but part of the belief system with this documentary is that the media is controlled by the Jewish community and that their narrative is the only narrative. Yeah, and that's where I hear the Kanye parallels because that's yes. exactly what Kanye says. Yes. Josh Lovren says, how would SLC look at Kyrie on the Jazz? They wouldn't. They wouldn't because they wouldn't they sign wouldn't. him. They wouldn't. I, I don't. No way. No. no I, I, way. I just don't see I don't see how that's even a possibility. Jazz at the Lakes show tonight. Uh, Lakers are a two-point favorite. The number's 226 and a half. Uh, 8.30 because <laughs> uh, that game's at crypto, Crypto.com Arena. Staples Center. Uh, the Lakers are all of a sudden a two-point favorite. You Is win that? Two, you win two games, and all of a sudden you're a good team. That feels disrespectful to me. Yeah, it is. It is. I, I mean, I, I, yeah, sure, the Lakers have names, but I have no problem saying I expect the Jazz to, to win this game. I expect the Jazz to to come out, play fast, outrun the Lakers, and probably win this game by 10 points. Like that's, You do? Wow. Do. Yeah, because I think... I, the, I know for a fact the Lakers don't play with pace. It, again, it took, it took by basketball standards, basically a miracle to win that game, right? Where Buddy hits that shot out of the corner to go to overtime and, you know, like, great. I understand. Great moment. Loved it from as a fan. Loved it. But when I look at X's and O's and I look at how the Lakers go about winning basketball games, like, you've won two games here. That's it. Like, it's not like you've, you've all of a sudden, like, you know, Anthony Davis all of a yeah. sudden has an ironclad back and LeBron all of a sudden feels perfect. And like, that's not how, that's not, that's just not where that team is at. And so that's why I say, I look at, I look at the jazz and I say, Hey man, like you found a way to lose the Dallas game. You were in control of that game. You were up 15 and you just didn't play defense. You weren't yeah. disciplined. Like, yes. and that's okay. That's totally fine. Like you're going to make mistakes. They're going to learn from that stuff. Like that's fine. The effort is there. Against the Lakers, you're not going to have to deal with Luka. You're not going to have to deal with this savage who's going to yeah. give you 40. So, like, to me, I look at this and I say, hey, yeah, they're, like, yeah, the Lakers have names, but the Jazz are fast, they work their ass off, and they should get every 50-50 ball. You know, one of the things I find interesting about this, 
Is Los Angeles still prestigious? Is LA still the LA Lakers, the the purple and gold? Is is because it doesn't feel like that. And I understand everybody goes through these cycles, but their last championship was the bubble championship, and it, it I mean it feels like that's almost like an asterisk, right? Yeah. It doesn't feel like these are these are certainly not the Magic and Kareem Lakers. They're certainly not the Shaq and Kobe Lakers. But but are they still the Lakers? It's the Lakers, man. And it doesn't feel like it is. It feels like this franchise has lost its identity. And you have this odd parallel of the Jazz who seemingly lost their identity. You trade away Rudy and Don, all these changes. You know, the Vivid Arena looks completely different now. The rebrand, anonymous faces and uniforms we don't recognize. Yet they're winning games. And we're all excited about the Jazz. And then you have the Lakers. And it's still Staples slash Crypto. Mm-hmm. And it's still the Purple and Gold. And it's still the Lake Show. But it didn't feel like that. Yeah. And it's it's just these two sides of a coin that feel like completely opposite. And it's just an interesting conversation where the Celtics feel like the Celtics. And the Lakers don't feel like the Lakers. This league feels so different to me now. And I know, like, if you look at what the Warriors are going through and how unhappy Steve Kerr is, and they lose by one to Orlando, and, I mean, it, it, it's this whole conversation about how they've got to look in the mirror you just won a championship and you still (laughs) feel like the warriors right the faces and the uniforms are the same Mm -hmm. you can't say that about the lakers and i just feel like it's this odd time and their refusal to admit that lebron james in my opinion has been a failure in la their refusal to move on from anthony davis their refusal to move on from Russell Westbrook to make a trade with the Jazz or to make the Kyrie deal or to, it just seems like this Laker, this incarnation of the Lakers has so much self-inflicted damage that they've actually lost their identity. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, yeah. how do you get that back? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to, you have to reshape the team. I mean, I, I, I like, it's no longer... Like saying, hey, it's a LeBron James-led team used to mean that you were going to the finals pretty much guaranteed. Like you could just book it. But now it's not like that anymore. And that's okay. Like I think a lot of people get like, you know, edgy about like, hey, LeBron can't take his team to the finals anymore. Dude, he's been in the league 20 years now. Like what more needs to be said? Like at some point as an organization, you have to build a, a quality roster it's not just oh we're gonna go and buy guys and kind of put it together like you know everyone said oh well when the yankees got eliminated that was like the perfect example of hey you can't buy championships and i think in the nba still to this day you can't buy championships like no i i I look at donovan mitchell in cleveland and i say dude like like that team like they have a chance to be special because that team was largely built through the draft, much like the Warriors, largely built through the draft, largely. and then you traded for your your last yeah, final you, domino. Yeah, you drafted Steph, Dre, and Clay, yeah. and then you traded for guys like Kevin Durant who yeah. rekindled that fire, and yeah. you know you brought in the Steve Kerrs, you brought in the coaches, the general manager. Like, like you built the, around this foundation. Yeah, the Lakeups came in, bought the team, um, injected cash, you draft really well for, for four years, 
And then you fill in all these gaps, the Andre Iguodala's of the world, if you will. And then, you know, that championship run comes to an end and you bring in Kevin Durant and like you just do all these things. You get, Then you go and get Andrew Wiggins and you've just continued to backfill. This Laker team has never drafted well. Yeah. And, you know, like they, I, I just go back to the Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart trade. Those were all your draft picks and you spent them on a guy who can't stay healthy in Anthony Davis. So um, I think that's a huge problem. All of our basketball talk, including the Utah Jazz, presented by TridayTrading.com. Make sure you get to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Um, and if you don't want to take my word for it, you know our best friend who we have spent absolutely no time with ever and we've never talked in person, Alema Harrington. Alema Harrington here. You know, I've been in the broadcast business going on 30 years now. And after that amount of time, you start to be able to pick some winners. I want to share a winner that I'm aware of with you, and that is my guys at Tri-Day Trading. They're going to teach you how to trade, and then they're going to let you trade using their money and then split the profits with you. That's a pretty winning deal. If you want to register for a free webinar, all you have to do is go to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. So for more information, it's trydaytrading.com slash Monty. We'll see you there. Thanks, Alema. And I think it's been really interesting to hear from our listeners who have gone to, to TridayTrading.com slash Monty and watch the webinar. It, it absolutely changes your perspective. And, and as we've talked about a lot this morning with people going through layoffs and now we're starting to see that Silicon Slopes and tech companies that are so you know prevalent here in Utah are hiring freezes and laying people off. I just, again, encourage you, stop relying on that, that every two-week paycheck and start doing relying on yourself start doing the things you've always wanted to do and you can build that with day trading and and is it easy no but what that's why you go to trydaytrading.com slash monty because they are going to educate you they're going to train you they're going to mentor you and they are going to coach you and you have people every single day that have gone through the triday trading um course and the program and the mentorship and are in the coaching that are making hundreds and thousands of dollars every day. And everybody that goes through that program raves about it. Their Google reviews, their, their tributes, like if you look at the way that their students go through and come out the other side, and, and on their, their website and our listeners have great stories about how, hey, you know what I was working, there's one guy that was working at a grocery store. I was working 70 hours a week. He, I worked every Christmas and every Thanksgiving and now he's a day trader and he works for himself and he doesn't work at the grocery store anymore. And to me, that's that's why TridayTrading.com slash Monty is your ticket out. And the only thing that I would tell you is it costs you nothing to watch the webinar. Yeah. And if you watch the webinar, it's not your thing, man. Hey, we get it. Move on. It's all good. If you don't feel like that's the right thing for you, you don't have to continue with it. Yeah. But I think what you're going to see is what most people say. You watch that webinar and you realize that it's absolutely positively the way to go at TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Please make sure you tell me you heard about it on the Monty Show. Let's get a couple more of your thoughts in here. Uh, Big Dog O-Town, my guy, what's up? Uh, I tell you right now, if it's a close game where the refs have to be a deciding factor, they will in the Lakers' favor. You feel me? Shout the Mobamba. Well, you know what I would say, Big Dog, is that LeBron gets calls, and as he should. He's earned that. Anthony Davis does not get calls. I'm telling you right now, he does not get calls. Y'all feel me? And when I'm like, <laughs> exactly. When I'm the Utah Jazz and you're in Los Angeles at crypto, I think you should expect the Lakers to get calls. 
There's Absolutely, they should. That. That's no. how the league works. When you're at Vivint, you should expect the Jazz to get calls. And they do. They absolutely do. The thing I want to see tonight from the Jazz is I want to see them get to the free throw line more often. Make it a way of life. When And I, I, I don't understand in the NBA why the lower-end teams don't do what the best teams in the league do. Hey, we're struggling and the other team's on a run. I'm going to get to the basket and get fouled. It, it is what you miss so much about the Rudys and the Dons. You could always give Rudy the ball, and you knew almost every time he was going to get fouled. Yeah. Right? And, and on this team now, the Markinens of the world need to be alpha males, get fouled, get to the free throw line. Laurie Markinen's a great free throw shooter. You know, and, and one of the other things I want to talk about today with this Utah Jazz team um, is, is Jordan Clarkson playing to prove something? Because I, I think it's really interesting the position that Jordan Clarkson is in. Does Jordan Clarkson have something to prove tonight? Well, yeah. I mean, I think when you talk about, like, the Jazz doing a deal with the Lakers and, you know, they're going into crypto, like, yeah, obviously Jordan Clarkson, like, has history there. Obviously Jordan Clarkson as a young guy was was a Laker, and I think that it's no secret that, that Jordan Clarkson is someone that teams are going to call on. So when you go into someone else's building and it's the Lakers, like I would expect Jordan to have a 25, 30 point performance. Like I, I would, I would expect him to look to ball out, you know? And so, yeah, I do think he's got something to play for. I think from a bigger picture career perspective, he also has a lot to play for. If you ever want to get that, that big boy contract, you know, that 80, $90 million contract, you yeah. know, you have to be a starter in the league for most guys. Anyway, I know there's some exceptions, but generally speaking, you got to be a starter in this league to get that big money. And and so I think for Jordan, like he understands it. And that's why I think you're seeing the development in his passing game. That's why I think you're seeing, you know, him try to really apply himself to this scheme and, and make the right play. However, you're still seeing the bad shot selection. You're still seeing sometimes not as much, but sometimes you're still seeing the issues that plague Jordan Clarkson. So I absolutely think he's got a lot to play for. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, by the way, Boyd Lake says, uh, guys, 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 football 50 in eight minutes. Get ready for the music. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, guys. Exactly hey guys. right. Exactly right. Eric C. says, I mean, I think it's worse for the league seeing a giant like the Spurs being where they are at the end uh, rather than at – than the Lakers. Hello. I think it's worse for the league seeing a giant like the Spurs being where they are at the end like the Lakers. Well, I think it's interesting that the the difference for me is, and this is just my opinion, Yeah. I think when the Lakers lose bad, it's bad, bad for the league. If the Spurs win, I think it's a good story, small market. If the Spurs lose, does anybody hear the tree fall in the woods? Hey, guys. Probably not. And by the way, how about this Josh Primo situation? Mm -hmm. Holy cow. Yeah. Did you guys see the update on the Josh uh, Primo situation? Man. Holy Moses. So you know that Josh Primo, um, Josh Primo's a guy that was a lottery pick, and the Spurs had high hopes for him. But all of a sudden last week they cut him. And people are like, well, what happened? Well, nobody knew. And then yesterday, good old Busby, the same attorney that represents all the uh, women suing Deshaun Watson, released a statement from a sports psychologist that had worked with the San Antonio Spurs. And on multiple occasions, starting in December of 2021, this sports psychologist who was a woman went to the San Antonio Spurs and said Primo was exposing himself to her during their sessions. Boo. 
and that she wanted it to stop. And the Spurs would not take action, allegedly did not take action, would not take action. <clears throat> Finally, she went to them in January and said, if you're not going to do something, I'm going to do something. And the Spurs assured her, we'll handle it. Greg Popovich is aware of it. We'll take care of it. And it didn't stop. And now she has filed suit and she intends to file a criminal complaint against Josh Primo for indecent exposure. Now, having said that, Tony Busby, the attorney for this sports psychologist, also threatened the exact same thing with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And nothing ever came of those criminal charges. It could be, and likely is, a ploy to get a larger financial settlement mm -hmm. from the Spurs and Josh Primo. But what is going on with this dude, man? Are yeah, you are you I, kidding I, me? I, I, I don't know what you say about it other than, you know, the guy. I, I always hesitate when I say, hey, dude's not well, right? Like, I, I, I don't like to just accuse people of not being well mentally, but imagine what that looks like. Can you just imagine, all right, you're walking in to see a sports psychologist, right? And which is totally something that is the norm in the NBA. Yes, that, that's absolutely. not like uncouth. That's that happens not, all the time. Yeah, that's normal operating procedure. But the idea that this dude thinks it's okay to expose himself, and I do, there is a part of me who's like, well, did he actually just walk in there and like in their middle of their session, like expose himself? Probably not. There's probably more context to it than that, honestly. Like if we're, like it, yeah. it doesn't like, yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense that he got to this level if he's someone who would just walk into a room in a session and just expose himself. Yeah, if he's himself. a sexual you know I mean? deviant like, who walks in wearing basketball practice shorts and then just drops trowel. Like, it does. that doesn't come on. add up for me. So that's why I say, like, I'm not saying she's lying or she's scheming. She very may very well be. I, I don't know. I'm not accusing her of that. But what I am saying is that it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that dude just walked there's in. There's something, you know. there, there is, there's absolutely something in the middle. Appreciate you guys stopping by. More people <laughs> come by to get Powerball tickets. But, I mean, there's something more in the middle, and I, I guess we'll find yeah. out. But Josh Primo doesn't seem like a good dude. He's not nearly as good as football at 50, 10 of the hour. Every hour, we bring you the biggest stories in football. Boy, what a mix. What a mix yeah, of a stories today. a lot of ha happenings right now. Uh, by the way, Drew and Andy, big shout out to those guys. They stopped by to get their... Uh, Powerball tickets. Greg Hale, thank you for stopping by. I appreciate you very much. Football at 50, 10 of the hour, every hour presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you download the Papa Murphy's app. Uh, order your pizza. Use the promo code MOTT25 to save 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. It's really fun to see everybody. Yes. Like to see our listeners come by. We just appreciate you guys so much. Um, Utah taking on Arizona at Rice-Eccles Stadium. Yeah. Here's a question. Is the Arizona game a trap game for the Utes? Because if you're coming out of an emotional Washington State win in Pullman, the Palouse. Yeah. By the way, did you hear that the um, Fox Sports tried to save money on that game? So they did not send the play-by-play -play announcers to uh, Washington State. Uh, thanks for coming, guys. Uh, they did not send the play-by-play -play announcers to Washington State. And that's why Fox Sports was caught off guard that that Cam Rising wasn't playing mm -hmm. and then tried to blame Utah for hiding information. And Kyle Whittingham said in his press conference, well, hey, if you guys had sent your announcers, you would have known. Unbelievable. Yeah. Okay, so Arizona. Yeah. It's a trap game. 
Yeah, it's I mean, a trap I, game. I think that Utah is, this is a game that Utah should handle business. I, I, I don't think there's any way around that. But yeah, I think that Arizona is probably slightly better than people give them credit for right now. And, you know, I think that, again, I, I guess I have faith that Kyle Whittingham has his team ready to go. I think that, that this is a game that they should win. I hope Cam plays. There's no word on if he or Tavion Thomas will play. Uh, if they play, I really, I, I mean, you're going to boat race. You're absolutely going to boat race Arizona. Um, now, I also know that uh, they say that Jed Fish said that uh, Rayshon Luke is going to play, um, which is the first time he's going to play since uh, early in the season. Um, he suffered that ankle injury in September against North Dakota State. So that's a big get for Arizona. And by the way, I think Jed Fish has them going in the absolute right direction. Uh, but if you look at the number on this game, Utah's a 17-and-a-half-point favorite on yeah. a 67-and-a-half-point number. 67-and-a-half? That's a huge number. Bro. Am I am I wrong about that? Like, it, that's, that, that, that is, that a, is a huge. That is a big number, dude. That is a big, big number. You, you're, you're saying that Utah's got 40 in this game. That's that what number. it feels like, like, right? You're saying that Utah's got 40 at least and that they're – Essentially, yeah. twenty-point favorites. It's a seventeen. The money line's only nine hundred. Oh my god! You got to stay away from this game. You got to stay away from this game because the real issue becomes that you are you are basically saying um, that Utah is going to score fifty in this game. Like, how is that even? You're, yeah. You got to. You got to. Don't you have to go Arizona, Utah to win, Arizona to cover? I think you yeah, have. I mean, that's I the way you, you have, have, to have to go. To, you have to bet it that way, but I, but I don't. I, I don't know what they're. I, it feels like Vegas is saying that that you know they don't really care about who's starting this game. That that Utah that or that Arizona defense is just terrible. Yeah, that's what I, they're saying. I don't know, man. I, I I think it's crazy. I mean, I I don't know, man. Tom Basilius says Utah seventeen and a half, but the money line for Arizona's uh, plus five seventy five. Utah's money line. Well, I'm looking at uh, the the uh, Caesar number. The Caesars number is minus 900 on the money line for Utah. Like, I, I would just stay away from it. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a tough bet. That yeah, you, you, and the Utes should win. The Utes should win the game. The, the game should be over after the first half. Like, let's be really clear. This is a, that's a scary game. That's absolutely a scary game. By the way, what do you think of the Eagles last night? Philadelphia eight no. Legit eight no? Yeah, definitely legit eight no. I think that uh, Philly, you know, being eight no is like you can't. It, we're past the hey, are they legit or not? Like if you're eight no, you're eight no. It's the NFL. Like you can get beat by any team any week, and you've handled your business eight weeks in a row. And eight no is pretty darn good. Yeah, and I and I know that Tom earlier in the show was doing the whole like hey, remember the Steelers? Yes, I remember that Steelers team, but. I don't know. I just don't think there's any reason when you look at the Eagles' schedule why you can't have 15 wins. I, I just don't, like, keep going. We'll see. Big Dog O-Town gives us a $5 tip, says, for the Thanksgiving fund. Happy holidays, my dudes. Appreciate you, Big Dog. Appreciate you, man. Hope Ogden's treating you well. Um, Josh Levern says, Utah 28, Arizona 16. Well, I mean, that's you, you. I mean that's 12, so Boise 34. I've... All right, drop your drop your Boise BYU predictions. We should talk about that. Football at 50, 10 of the hour, every hour, presented by uh, Papa Murphy's Pizza. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more.
again, use the promo code Monty25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. Apparently, um, Ruff's official is in the comments this morning. Right. Saying, notice how they bash Kyrie daily but make excuses for Primo. What are you talking about? Who's making excuses for Primo? We said they should have cut him. What excuses are we making? Like, there's no, what? Okay, so you walked into your your sports performance coach session with a, your female sports psychologist, and you dropped trow and allegedly exposed yourself to her multiple times. And you're telling me that there, what excuse is there to make, dude? They cut you, which is exactly what they should have done, which is exactly what the Nets should have done, and exactly what the Warriors should have done. Yeah, I don't. That, Rob, so yeah, always good to see your salty takes, yeah. my man. Always good to see your salty takes. Uh, Tom says, uh, Cam Rising play this week? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I uh, That's a big question. I hope they do. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, BYU makes a comeback win 74-11 to 11 against the Jabronis at Boise State. Boy, the blue turf, you know. You can turn the drops back up. You know. The blue turf would be... Right. That would be awesome. It's never going to happen. Yeah, no. Uh, is Kalani Sitaki... Is he coaching for his job? I I think this is a very important time for Kalani and BYU. We've never questioned Kalani Sataki. Never, not once. As a BYU fan base, you've never questioned Kalani Sataki. Never, not once. Until now. Mm-hmm. Until you're a four-win team that's likely not going to a bowl game. And now the question has to be asked is, how hot is the seat for Kalani? I don't think it's hot at all. You're not going to fire him now. But should you be talking about it? Should you be having a conversation? I absolutely think you should. Because if he has to be forced to make significant changes, and I mean special teams, defensive coordinator, linebackers, I would, I would be looking real hard at those three groups, because I think the secondaries played more than well enough to win games. Mm -hmm. But the D-line and the defense as a whole, that's Eli Satuiaki. Right? And, I mean, Jake Oldroyd just didn't forget how to kick. Something's wrong there. There are significant issues on this defense and on these special teams. And if Kalani's not willing to voluntarily make change, if he does not come to you, Tom Homo, the athletic director at BYU, and say, I'm making changes on my staff. Here's what we're doing. If you are not fully willing to make those changes, I think you got to start looking at Kalani Sataki because you're going into the Big 12 and the curve is sharp and they are going to lose a lot. And if you are going into the Big 12 playing half a, half a side, which means you're not willing to make changes on defense, you got to make changes for him or you got to change Kalani. Now, having covered Kalani for a lot of years, that's a humble dude. Yeah. My guess is Kalani's going to make changes. He's going to eat crow, and I think Eli Satuiaki will not be with this program much longer. I would guess that Ed Lamb will not be with this program much longer, and I guess that I would guess that there will be incremental other position changes on the BYU staff because I don't see how you can continue at this rate with the lack of execution. It's not a lack of talent. It's a lack of execution. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, and I think we talk about this on a regular basis, you've got to address the injuries because they are too common, too frequent, and they are avoidable. And that's a huge issue. If you look at the way that these guys are getting hurt, sure. Is it, you know, what happened with Puka Nakua? Well, he got rolled up on. Okay, that sucks, right? 
I get it. But these soft tissue, these these joint injuries, these you can't have that. Yeah. And it, and to me, there is an issue with strength and conditioning in this program. Is Kalani on the hot seat? Probably not. Should he be? I don't know. Ask me on Monday morning. Because I'm sure my guess is, my guess is that Utah is probably going to win comfortably and Boise State's going to win comfortably. That's a team that's playing really well right now. Man, that'd be rough. My guess is, is that BYU probably loses 38 to 20, 38, 24, something like that. They're going to get boat raced in Boise. Just prepare for it now. They're on FS2, which most of you probably don't even have access to. <laughs> so you're not going to see the game. You're just going to look at a box score and it's going to be worse. Yeah. My guess is they lose something in the line of B. I think BYU loses 38 to 20. Damn. Yeah. I mean, that's, I don't disagree with anything you said there. I think that would be a really rough loss. Like I think BYU is just a struggle bus right now, man. BYU is on that grind and I, you know, I'm, I don't mean to repeat everything you just said, but yeah, I, I guess I agree that if you aren't willing to make changes, then you have to, then it becomes incumbent on Tom Holmo yeah. to, to figure it out. But I, I don't know. I, I don't think we should, you know, stretch so far. I think that Kalani will make changes. I think Kalani understands that, you know, it's necessary. It's a part of college football. It's a process. Like you have to, you know, you're going to have a bad season and you're going to have to make changes. Like that's just the business of football, man. Like I, yeah. there's no other way around it. But you, you cannot continue to have guys like Cody Epps going out for the season. That's a huge loss for you. Yeah. Because it, I mean, I, I have to assume Gunnar Romney's not going to play this year. I have to assume that Cody Epps now is out for the year. We know that. So I just, it, it's a bummer, man. And my guess is that the, the injuries on both sides of the football, you, you won't be able to overcome that. I mean, you look yeah. at Christopher Brooks, Pini Katoa, again, Cody Epps. You look at all these guys, and it's just too much to overcome at some point. Mm -hmm. you know. And, and I think when you look at a guy like Miles Davis, Miles Davis has to now play well. Pini Katoa, like, I don't know what his status is. I, is Chris Brooks going to be able to go? I don't know. But you don't have the depth to insulate from that. That's the biggest issue. So, you know, I, 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 I would be quite concerned about that. Big shout out to our guy, Jaron Eccles, who stopped by to get his uh, billion-dollar Powerball ticket. Good to see you. Mrs. Monty says we're down to 13 tickets. 13 she, tickets. She come just on, come recounted through. Come through. 13 tickets. You can be here less than five minutes if you need to go to work. Like, yeah. Come through and I, get them. Mm, we are down to the nitty-gritty now. We've had a, we only have 13 tickets We've had a lot left. of people come through. Yeah, I mean, we, we, that's a lot. Wow, good to see you guys taking advantage of that. Um, you know, I, I, think it's, I, I think it's one of those things where, where you're, the excuses are starting to mount. And it's just, it's excuses that you don't have to, you shouldn't have to be, make, to, to be making. Yeah. Make changes on your staff to avoid that. All right, what do you guys think uh, the final score at BYU will be? Um, man, <laughs> Ruff's official, dude, I don't understand why you come to this show every day. Ruff's official says, where is he? Uh, I bet you and Monty can't explain why the documentary is controversial without looking it up. Just pair, okay. Dude, I, I know I'm not going, to, that's not this show. We're not the show that's going to, you want to try and get into these political discussions, go to a politics show. Yeah. This is not a political show, man. Maybe you should go to an anti-Semitic show so you can talk about the documentary. It, 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 listen, I think everybody knows the ins and outs of that documentary. I, it would, it, 
it would be shocking if nine out of 10 people in this chat didn't know what that documentary was about. Come on, man. So I'm not going to sit here and talk about what it espouses and the, the hateful, terrible things it says, because that's just not this show. But Ruff, I, I, I don't understand what you're doing here. You routinely on a daily basis, you're the only guy who's negative and hateful. That should say something about you, my guy. Like, you're welcome to sit here and watch the show. Nobody, you know, like, nobody's going to tell you you can't be here. But if you're so unhappy with the show, what are you doing here? I've never understood that. Uh, Tanner says 34 to 20, Boise wins. Um, yeah, that's, I, I don't think you're, you're that far off. Uh, you know, uh, unfortunately. Greg, hey, uh, Greg Hawkins says uh, Boise 35, Boise, or excuse me, BYU 28. Ooh. That's closer. Yeah. That's closer. Uh, Ryan Friden says, a lot to a little Boise. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Joseph Call says, 35-21 Boise. Then uh, they run for over 250 yards. Ooh. Jesus. Ouch. Uh, I know all the teams deal with injuries. The problem with BYU is they don't have the depth the other teams have. That should improve once recruiting in the Big 12 gets better. You would think. Hopefully. Absolutely. Uh, Boyd Lake says, hope the spiral, hope springs eternal. BYU 54, Boise State 21. I'll take some of what <laughs> you're gas, having for breakfast. No dude. break. Let me, let me get some of that. Uh, you know, Josh Lovern says, Matt Rule has a barely above 500 record, 47-43 in college football as a head coach. Okay. That's cool. Uh, Tanner says, thank you, Jeremy. That's what I'm saying. Caleb Harrison says, everybody hit that thumbs up. Appreciate that. Uh, Neville says, you should stop giving that guy attention. All he does is just talk smack and hope for us to listen to the stupid stuff that he brings up. Look, uh, Ruffs is one of those guys that, you know, there are just some guys who are eternally unhappy. Yeah. You know, like, I, I listen, if Ruff walked in here right now and said, hey, give me a lotto ticket, I'd give him a lotto ticket and say thanks for coming. I mean, I don't dislike guys. I, I don't. I, I appreciate everybody who's here. Greg Hawkins says, BYU will probably have some growing pains in the Big 12. Not probably, yeah, Hawk. They I, will. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, there, there is just no doubt about that. I mean, it, it is – the Big 12 is, is going to be very difficult. You look at, at BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF, I mean, all four of those programs are good football programs. Yeah. And the question is, who's able to grow faster? My guess is Houston – Houston's already a decent recruiting program – I think UCF probably has the toughest curve, but when you're an athlete as a football player in Florida, I mean, you're highly recruited. They now have another you know, tool in the bag of recruiting to say, hey, come play in the Big 12. Yeah. Look at our ESPN TV deal we just got. Yeah. You know, basketball-wise, that league's unbelievable. <laughs> you know, if I'm, a B, if I'm a Big 12 basketball coach, hey, look, Gonzaga wants to come into the program. Right. You know, wants to come into the conference. We're going to go up against them. We're going to be on national TV. Gonzaga. You know, like it's just that whole thing. Don't start with Gonzaga. that. Gonzaga. Don't. <laughs> so many people commented on the Gonzaga, 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 Gonzaga <laughs> thing yesterday. Unbelievable. Uh, Tanner says, uh, no, Greg, they will have some growing pains in the Big 12. Yeah, they definitely will. Joseph Call says, BYU has some different standards. Recruiting won't change much. Let's be real. I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I being in I the Big know. Twelve, I think helps. Riley O'Brien says, "Jake, can we please get a Kawhi laugh?" <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> Neville says, "I think that BYU will barely win this game by barely." I hope you're yeah. right. We'll I hope see. you're right. I hope you are right. Absolutely. I. I mean, listen. I think that the the funniest part of this whole discussion is 
Are we going to make excuses or are we going to make game plans to win games? Are, are we, because I think that's the, the yeah. thing. You can make excuses or you can win games. You can't do both. And I think the hard part, and I think the thing that a lot of people don't want to talk about with BYU, and we've said this a lot, the thing that people don't want to talk about with BYU is that there's always an excuse in these moments. There's always a reason why teams don't win. And, and the biggest thing for me, and I just, I want the excuses to stop. Yeah. You lost because you weren't as good as Oregon. You lost because you weren't as good as ECU. You weren't as good as Notre Dame. You weren't as good as Arkansas. You're That's not going to be. You're not going to be as good as Boise. What are we going to do to change that? Yeah. That's the that's the thing at BYU that has to happen. We have to stop making excuses and we have to start coming up with solutions. Yeah. Right. Solutions are what fix these problems. Solutions based companies. You but, know what I mean? But but I'm serious. When when we're talking about football programs, they are companies. It is it is that simple. They are companies. And when you're a company, if you're struggling, you find a solution. Yeah. If that's layoffs, if that's adding more people, like if for that's instance. whatever it is, it, you got to have a solution. But what you can't do is just make excuses and wallow in your despair. Yeah. Because you're never going to win. You are. You have to if you are BYU recruit at a very very high level. Me. And going. And I think what Greg Hawkins said probably nah, bro. You are going to look at what Utah went through going into the the, yeah. the Pac-12. Yes. How many times did we have conversations about Kyle Whittingham's job? Hey, is Kyle Whittingham good enough? Is this the right guy? Should we fire Kyle Whittingham? That's a big question. That is a big, big question. We have got to stop making excuses for BYU. It's time yes. to start winning games. It is time to start winning games. Jeremy Bolton says, I heard that stupid Gonzaga drop in my sleep last night. <laughs> Gonzaga. <laughs> exactly right. Caleb Harrison said, joining the Big 12 will definitely give more opportunities for athletes to make more side money and get more exposure for big leagues. Well, okay. that's absolutely yeah. true. Jerem says, dream staff, Kalani at the helm, Bronco as an assistant slash DC, and me as their OC. Well, Jaron, I mean, I come mean, on. How, how could they come on not? Now. You know what I mean? Like, how could they not consider you for the OC job, you know? Ooh. I don't know, man. I don't know, Jerem. I, I mean, mean you're, you're totally qualified. You know, it says you need five years of experience and you've got none. Like, it makes perfect sense. Total you know what sense. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. LMAO, love you guys. Riley O'Brien says, Riley, good to see you, buddy. Uh, well, one of the things that BYU does is make excuses, and it, it's just got to stop. And I don't mean to rail on that, but the reason I rail on that is because we consistently do that thing in sports where we want to make excuses, and you cannot make excuses. You Does it make you feel responsible? I look at the Astros last night, and I think this is the perfect, perfect example. Yeah. It would have been easy for the Astros to fold up shop and lose for a decade after that cheating scandal. I hate Jose Altuve, but guess what? He's not the reason they're winning anymore. You're getting a guy like Trey Mancini making a play at first base on a ball by Kyle Schwarber last night. You're getting an outfielder jumping up to make an incredible play in the ninth last night. You have to perform. Yeah. You have to perform. And you, you look at guys like Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall's hurt again. And I've tried to avoid saying it, but that's who this guy is now. Texas me. Right? You, 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 why, man? It's yeah. so frustrating. Yeah. 
It is so frust- frustrating. Uh, Luna Lou says, hey, I appreciate the show because you're raw and real and don't sugarcoat it. I have friends on the BYU team and this team is checked out at this point, according to my sources, which is pathetic. Well, yeah, I... I, I not yeah. to question your sources or anything. I just, I just hope for the team's sake that that's not overall true. You know, I hope that they're still trying. Yeah. Uh, Tanner says, no, Mont, BYU fans can't admit that BYU is in the inferior team. Well, I don't know that they're inferior. Uh, they're the best team in the country if they're fully healthy. Well, I think they would have won a lot more games if they could have had all day people. Yeah. You know. uh, Boyd Lake says, I hate the BYU Sports Nation excuses. It's partly why I spend time here and not watching them as much these days. I'm so sick of only looking at silver linings and denial of problems. It gets unpalatable. Well, wow. I also think that that's one of the things that we tend to do, though. Don't when, lie to me. When you look at your team, you tend to you know, rationalize things away. And I just don't think you can do that. One of the reasons that I think the jazz have had such a free pass in this town is we rationalize Yeah, the fact that, Oh, well, we're a small market. Well, don't act like a small market and you won't be a small market. Yeah, You know, when we talk about trades and players and injuries, get a better conditioning staff and you won't have as many injuries. Like it, 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 there is a simple axiom in sports. You win or you lose. And when you win, there's a reason. And when you lose, there's a reason. You're casual. What's the reason BYU's losing? It's not recruiting. I'm telling you it's talent development, it's strength and conditioning, and it's schematics on defense. Yep. There, I don't think anybody, and I don't know about you, um, and look, hey, there's Tyson Whiting. Yes. Um, Tyson, did you get your lotto ticket? Get Brett's lotto got ticket. the billion-dollar go. Powerball power tickets. But the thing that I say is it's not talent with this offense. Mm-hmm. It's not at all in any way, shape, or form. I think all of us agree this BYU offense is more than capable of winning them games. The issue is the defense can't get the ball back to the offense. You're the weakest of the week. You're not. You're on the field for so long. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, there's just no way to to win with a great offense if that great offense isn't on the field. Yeah, and I think the issue is is it makes them have to perform perfect. Like you can't turn it over. Can't afford any mistakes. Can't afford a drop. Can't afford bad play calling when you're behind the sticks like you can't like it makes it so that you have to essentially call and play a perfect game and i and i think that it, it that's why i said like the defense is the core issue on this team because it affects so many other things like if you had an elite defense and an elite offense but you couldn't run the football yeah. you can work with that you yeah. know but like you can't have it the other way yeah boyd lake says mancini did both plays that was amazing was mancini the guy that made the catch in the outfield too Sure. I missed that. I missed that one. My bad. Uh, that play at first base, Kyle Schwarber. If you didn't see it, Kyle Schwarber Schwartz. hit a rocket on the ground to first base. And I don't care. There's everybody saying this morning, "Well, the ball hit Trey Mancini's glove." I don't care. He made the play. That's not. I. I was at first baseman my entire baseball career, and let me tell you, that is a very difficult play because he was, he was holding the runner on, so you're closer. To the batter. That's a tough play, man. Yeah. That is a tough player. A tough play. Ryan Buckley. Holy cow. What's up, dude? He says, morning, my bros. Sorry, I've been MIA. Where are you, Ryan Buckley? Good to see you, dude. Um, By the way, again, we're at Maverick Center. Um, We'll probably be here until 9 o'clock. Mrs. Monty's got a few uh, Powerball tickets left. She's got them in her hand. Come on by the Maverick Center. Up the stairs, right in front. Up the stairs, far right corner. Just walk in the door and say, hey, give me my $1.5 billion. She'll hand you a Powerball ticket. Salty Drunk says, I'm off to bed, guys. 1.13 a.m. here. Ooh, wow. Appreciate you in, in uh, well, Australia. Bud. Have a great weekend. Take care, Monty Nation. Salty dreams. You too. 
Um, talking with Raphael says doesn't have uh, doesn't have relegation and promotion between each other. I missed what you said, Raphael. Yeah, he well, said, "Why does college football conference have relegation and promotion between each other? Wouldn't it be better? Well, it would be great if they did." Yeah, I maintain, and I say this about the NBA: you should have relegation because teams like there's no reason that OKC can't compete to win, and uh, tanking and uh, anyway. Yeah, don't get me started. Yep, don't get me started. Uh, yep, they moved Mancini to center field after the first base play. Yeah, and. and by the way, he's a guy, Trey Mancini, yeah. who they acquired from Baltimore. He's a guy who pretty much was done in Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody has their lifespan in Baltimore. Baltimore tends to be that team. Yeah, I would but agree with just that. Just churns, guys. Hey, 818 on the Monty Show. I want to uh, remind you about our good friends at Barbecue Pit Stop, BBQPitStop.com, one of our great sponsors, Steve and the guys over there in Lehigh, but all of their stores. I mean, they have five stores across the Wasatch Front. Uh, and in northern uh, Utah, like Logan, Layton, uh, down to Lehigh, all the way in southern Utah, it's uh, St. George, of course, right here in Salt Lake City in Murray. The guys at Barbecue Pit Stop do a great job. Um, Raptor 88 was there yesterday, um, but he, he kind of was casual. Raptor. Uh, Raptor, my guy, he's like, hey, man, I forgot the name of the seasoning. Dude, how do you forget? Like, man, dude, it's a Sato seasoning. You got to tweet at us, dude. Oh. Like, it's okay, listen, if you guys forget something, like if you're going somewhere and you're like, damn, dude, I forget this or I forgot that. The or promo I code is a pr everybody's yeah, like, like, hey, real what's, quick, what's, what's promo your promo code? code? Bro, bro, uh, the Utah game's about to start and they only have six camera guys, but what's the promo code to Papa <laughs> Murphy's Pizza? Like, right? tweet at us. Like, we'll give it to us, you. Dude, we could have we told you, hey, man, it's the Asado seasoning from Flavor Knuckle. Now, having said that, yeah. um, he got my second favorite favorite one. Where is... Where is my guy? He got my second, one of the better seasonings that they have at Barbecue Pit Stop. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I'm going to drop the ball. I did. It's over. Um, I got you. Hold on. Hold what on. is it? Hold on. I got you. I got you. I can never. It's in the, the black label. Dirty Bird Cosmos. Yes, Cosmos. Yeah. Cosmos Dirty Bird yes. is really good. Yes. And that's the thing at Barbecue Pit Stop. All of their seasoning, they're, like they have this bag. It comes in a bag. It's called a wing, bag. It's called Wing Dust. And it's essentially dust seasoning, whatever you want to call it, for wings. But Mrs. Monty, being a vegetarian, which pretty much means I'm not a vegetarian. We clear on um, that? You can make like their cauliflower wings yeah. using cauliflower wing dust that they sell at Barbecue Pit Stop. And it goes without question. All of the, the smoker equipment, whether it's a Traeger, a Big Green Egg, a Yoder, they have it all, absolutely. Um, but trust me when I say you're going there for the, the, the rubs, the sauces, the seasonings, the equipment. You're actually going there for the people because the people at Barbecue Pit Stop, if you're going to smoke your turkey this year, how are you going to keep that turkey moist? Do I need to wrap it? Do I need to inject it? Do I need to let it rest? Do I need to season it and then let it rest and then put it on the smoker and then let it rest again? <laughs> Ask the guys at Barbecue Pit Stop, bbqpitstop.com. You can chat with them online um, as well. They'll, they'll talk with you at barbecuepitstop.com. Jaron Patterson gives us a $5 tip. Worship, you guys. Keep making noise and grinding. Appreciate you, Jeremy. Appreciate you. Good luck with the uh, BYU OC job. Yeah. Uh, Teddy Wayman gives us a $10 tip and says, on my way, boys. Let's, Let's go, go. Teddy. The beard is coming. The beard is coming. The beard is incoming. You better comb the beard before you come in here. Yeah. Let's go. That's all I'm saying. Let's go. G uh, Greg Hawkins says, six cameras at a Utah game. We truly are spoiled. Greg. <laughs> Greg, as a Utah fan... And Tyson, do you want to come in? Like Tyson's standing. You can come in if you like. Uh, Tyson Whiting, and you're welcome to come in. 
Uh, I tell Tyson all the time, you can come in and sometimes Tyson likes to stand outside our studio and just watch us through the glass. And I'm like, That's Tyson, fine. come yeah. on. Have yeah, it. You move, can move the yeah, vest. Yeah, you move can the throw vest. it on the floor. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. My Nike vest that, that, that I wore today, that it was cold out today. Oh, yeah. By it's the way. cold out today. Yeah. yeah. There's no doubt about that. There you go. Tyson Whiting joins us. What is he on? Microphone three, I think. Yes. Tyson, well, let me adjust the camera now. Yeah, you got to get the remote out. Adjust the camera here a little adjust bit. Adjust the camera. Yeah. You see Tilt what I mean? the camera down. There he is. Hey. It means I'm just short and I needed the camera tilted down there. <laughs> I think that's the way it was on Tuesday night when I was sitting right there in the same spot that Jake is in right now. And I'm probably going to be in that same spot tonight Yes, for Grizzlies yeah. Mavericks. My question is, can you? Uh, is there any chance that you can score a power play goal for the Utah Grizzlies? Um, I can't, but I imagine that uh, they've been working on it in practice last week. Uh, yeah, they, uh, the Utah Grizzlies lost to Kansas City the other night, uh, 3-2. That was a frustrating game to listen to, Tyson. But uh, what do you? Five uh, fifty again tonight, correct? Yep, five fifty again tonight. Assuming that guy knows how to set up the YouTube. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. We'll 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 knock it out for you. Uh, BYU and Boise, my football picking expert, Tyson. Any chance BYU wins this game? Wow, listen to the hesitation. I think it's pretty much a pick 'em. I don't know what the Vegas line is, but I, I think it's pretty much a pick 'em. Um, the way BYU is playing with not a lot of confidence, and I think if the game were in Provo, I'd feel better about it, even though they did lose to East Carolina last week at home. I think Boise State ends up winning by a field goal. I think, ooh, you're taking a field goal. They're eight-point favorites. What's the number on that game? Let me put it up there. Uh, the number's eight. Here's an, odd, here's an interesting thing. Boise's an eight-point favorite in that game. The number's only 54-and-a-half, though. So you're expecting Boise to score a lot. Mm-hmm. And you're expecting BYU to score a little. Um, so I, if it's a, I would love this to be a close game, but I, I don't know. I, I'm skeptical that BYU can stop them on defense. We'll say BYU over the last few years, even though it doesn't mean anything this year, but they have had some success against Boise State recently. Yeah. Um, I mean, Boise State is tough at home. I think that really the difference in the game is the fact that it is going to be at Boise and. And uh, for some reason, BYU, they just aren't playing with any confidence right now on either you side know. of the ball. And I don't know how you get that Seriously. except for just get out and play well. I think that's uh, they're just um, playing a little bit too tight right now. Uh, I don't know. How do you at this time of year? Can you build? I, you, I don't think you can build confidence. I mean, you're... Are they gonna? Are they going to a bowl game? I mean, guys, no. seriously, we're sitting no. here. What is it? Uh, November fourth. No, we're sitting here wondering if BYU's. You don't think there's any chance they no win chance. six games? Nope. Um, nope. They're playing. They're gonna play Stanford. And I don't know if Stanford's any good. No, I, I, I mean, I, I, I can't believe this we're game sitting against here. Boise is is the decision. I agree. Stanford's not good, and you'll probably beat them. But this Boise game, like, if you can win this game, then you got a chance. But I don't know. I don't. I don't like their chances tonight. I have to be honest. I'm not. I'm not real positive about it. Boy, another statement from Sean Marks, dude. Okay. This Kyrie thing I'm is just not going you, to go away. They should have done a press conference, dude. This, this is it, not rocket science. Adrian Wojnarowski um, is tweeting this morning, and actually, it's Nick Ferdell that Adrian retweeted. Sean Marks says Kyrie's apology last night was a good first step. But the organization wants him to take some more steps, including meeting with Jewish leaders. What did I tell you last night? Um, uh, before playing again for the Nets, Mark says the Nets never considered releasing Kyrie. Uh-oh. So you're in a situation now, if you're Kyrie Irving, and it's funny, one of the, I just happen to have a really good friend that's in a perfect spot on this story. And he was telling me one of the things that the Nets are going to ask Kyrie to do 
is go in person and meet because Kyrie inexplicably sent his uh, stepmom to meet with the Anti-Defamation League. So you you say to the Anti-Defamation League, hey, we're going to give you half a million dollars of my money and we're going to meet with you. So you cut a check and you send your stepmom, who by the way is also his agent, to meet with them. They refused to take the check because Kyrie did not come in. Donnie, you're out of your element. What are we doing? Yeah, not handling it correctly is what you're doing. Tyson Whiting, do you did you do you believe the Kyrie apology? Like, what are your I thoughts on this? I think the apology was there so he can get back on the basketball court. And I'm pretty sure Kyrie was hoping that the apology was just going to be enough. Nets were like, okay, well sit out five games and come come on back and score Thanks. some points for us. Now, the fact that the apology might not necessarily be enough, Kyrie now has to think, okay, how, how, how much further do I want to go in apologizing to yeah. get back on the basketball court? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so am he, I the only well, idiot who thinks he, like, actually... He didn't write this apology, dude. Do you think he wrote the apology? And again, if you didn't hear the apology, I should, I'm probably putting Tyson in a terrible spot. If you did not hear this apology, I want to read the one paragraph of it because yeah. I, I actually think that it matters. Um, he posted this on his Instagram, which, by the way, is just Kyrie Irving. The second paragraph's the, the money in it. He says, to all the Jewish family and communities that are hurt and affected from my post, I, I am deeply sorry to have caused you pain, and I apologize. Tyson, do you think he wrote that? It's possibly wrote some of that. Yeah, it's it's hard to really know in those situations because there's usually somebody that's working with you to make sure that whatever apology you send out looks good and that you hope uh, has the effect that you want it to have. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I just I it just really bothers me. The whole thing is a joke why they did not cut him. But I think it's interesting that Sean Marks, the GM of the Nets, by the way, Sean Marks, went out of his way to say we never considered cutting Kyrie. Which I, I think that's a very telling statement because GMs generally don't talk about that stuff. If they're going to release you, um, they're not going to say it. And I, so which tells me that they absolutely yeah. considered it. And yeah, we'll see. Uh, Jordan Royal says, I'm never able to catch the show live, but wanted to say hi. Going to go and watch the show from the beginning right now, but just wanted to say hi. BYU loses 42 to 14. Hey guys. Players give up on the season. Ooh. Yeah. Four, oh my god. If they lose and the headline of the show today is Kalani coaching for his job. Is there a final score in this game where Kalani is coaching for his job? If it's 52 to 10. Yeah, you got problems. You give a 50 think spot so. to Boise, you got problems. I mean, Boise's playing pretty well. Better. Yeah, but they're not that much better than you, dude. Come they on. should well, I mean, they're a Mountain West team. Yeah, that's cool and everything, but like, come on. Yeah. Come on, dude. Like, I get it. It's Boise, it's not an easy place to play. I'm with that. Totally get it. I don't even Ooh. think it's some terrible thing if you Ooh. lose the game. But getting embarrassed is different than losing the game. I don't know, man. The biggest stories in sports this morning on the Monty Show and Football Friday, of course, are all presented by our good friends at Quick Quack Car Wash. Again, Jake and I were just there yesterday uh, as we uh, rolled up to good old Evanston, Wyoming, the home of Brady Papinga, by the way. The, the homeland of Brady Papinga. We rolled up. We got the, uh, we got the uh, Powerball tickets that Mrs. Monty's giving away. Uh, but we went to Quick Quack Car Wash because it rained and snowed on the way up through Park City all the way through Evanston. In and out in five minutes. And it's what I always say about our good friends at Quick Quack. It's fast. It's easy. They're super friendly. We talked to, to Dave at Quick Quack Car Wash. He got us through the line real quick. Like, it was great. It was awesome. They're friendly. And the best part is my car turned out looking good. 
even the tire, even the tire shine and the wheel bright looks fantastic. That's why you go to Quick Quack Car Wash. Check them out. Any of their locations throughout Utah, but the grand opening in uh, South Jordan at the district is November 16th, and they're giving away their top-tier car wash. And the first 100 people through on the 16th get a gift bag. Make sure you get to Quick Quack Car Wash on November 16th. Tyson Whiting's in the studio with us as well. What, what would it take for you to fire Kalani Sataki? Probably um, not going to a bowl game this season and a bad year next year. Uh, I don't think this Ooh. is the year that Kalani goes, but I think a lot of the staff ends up going. He's going to have to. He's going to have to retool the staff. Now BYU is <laughs> in a situation where the, it's not like they hire just anybody. They don't just go out and get the flavor of the month in the AAC because of the requirements that they have of you know hiring a head coach. You know, being an active member of the church and whatnot. And so because of that, it's not like they have um, nearly as many options right. as some of the other schools. And so because of that, I think he gets a long leash. After all, it wasn't that long ago when they were beating Baylor and everybody was feeling great about the program. Uh, <laughs> beating it, Baylor and everybody feels feel, great about it. feels like more. so long ago. but um, And because of that, I don't think uh, it's going to be a short leash for him. I think that it's first going to be, okay, Tuiaki probably has to go. Yeah. Have to evaluate Ed Lamb. Um, oh, don't you have to fire Ed Lamb, though? I mean, the kick, with what's going on with Oldroyd and... I mean, Tuiaki, certainly. You're exactly right about Tuiaki. But I, I, don't, I don't know how you can bring Ed Lamb back. I, the, the bad things that we've heard, and obviously, as you know, if you watch this show, we talk to a ton of BYU football players. And I, I, I just think we've heard so much negativity around Ed Lamb. I just don't know how you, how you bring him back. They let you, know? you down. They did. Yeah. They absolutely did yeah. let you down. But I think you're right, Tyson. I think the only way that you – I don't see any way that they're firing – Kalani this year. It's just too soon. Yeah. I, you're not you're not firing, you know, you're not firing Kalani right now. I, no. I, I, I agree with Tyson that like, yeah, if you don't go to a bowl game, then you have some let's say you have another five win season but, or something. But shouldn't we expect them to have a difficult year last year? I mean, you Tyson, you saw Utah going through the Pac twelve curve. Yeah. I mean, it's a really difficult thing to do to go into a power <laughs> five conference as an independent. That's a really difficult thing to do and win games. I don't see how they win games next year. I would eh. if they get bowl eligible, I think that's a huge win next year. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, you're not I don't think it's fair to expect double digit wins your first year in a new conference. I think, yeah, bowl eligible. I I, I would love one yes. I would love one big win next year over a team that people don't think you should beat and then you pull that game out somehow. Like that would be cool. Yeah. But yeah, I mean I, I look, I think that the the truth is is that the threshold for Kalani to keep his job is relatively low. You know, like all you got to oh, do is true. coach a good football team, yep. not be embarrassing, like, you know, act respectful. Like, he's going to keep his job for now. Well, you know, all of us were in Boise last weekend with the Grizzlies. Yeah. But what did we see in the lobby at the Grove? Oh, my God. Just, Just swimming with Boise State packed fans. Packed with dude. Boise State fans. Like, yeah. the streets were full of Boise fans. And I, Tyson, who did they play last weekend? I can't remember. It was Colorado, Colorado State. State. Boise State won in a blowout. Yeah, Boise State boat raced them. And I, I just, it's a really difficult place to play, man. And now they're, I, I don't know. I don't see any way that, that BYU wins that game. You can't give up a 50 spot, though. You can't, no. you can't do that. And it's on FS2, man. Like What What channel is that? Uh, exactly. I have FS2 okay. at home. No, you don't. I do. You do? But all due respect. Channel 149 on Dish. 
Now, I didn't have ESPN for a weekend, but I was able to get FS2. How do you know what FS2? How do you know FS2? It's right next to FS1, and sometimes yeah. if a game ends up going late, you know, the, the, the you know, FS2 is kind of the, we'll relegate the, the start of another game to FS2 because the previous game is going late on FS1. Yeah, I right. guess I'll have to figure something out. Yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. If um, you want to watch some mediocre international soccer, FS2 is your place. <laughs> You um, want to watch Australian <laughs> rules football late on a Saturday night? FS2 is your place. Um, yeah, exactly right. Rugby, uh, international rugby, um, FS2. One of the best sporting events Jake and I have ever been to in Australia. We went footy. and saw some footy. Yeah. Exactly right. Uh, James Griffin says, speaking of Kelly Papinga, um, is he the next DC at BYU? Like, where's Brady Papinga? Where, like, the, uh, that's what it... I don't know. Ty Detmer was a, a, an abject failure, right? But don't you want an alumni, a big name alumni, to come in and be part of the program? Yes. Like I, I would. Yes. And maybe that's what Kalani is. If Bronco Mendenhall doesn't know. become a head coach next year, then some of those Stop. guys might start matriculating their way to BYU. You know. Oh well, there you go. That see, I think you could be exactly right about that because, but I, he's got to get a job, right? Like. I think it depends on if he wants one. Yeah, I was gonna say it's the job he wants, right? Like, I mean, him, he'll no. have offers. I mean, if you're Bronco Mendenhall, where are you trying to where are you trying to go? I mean, obviously Colorado, maybe like uh, no, I don't Nebraska. Want to do with that. You don't want anything to do Nothing, with Colorado. No, Colorado, no. Really? Hell no. No. Nebraska, a, you can kind of sell me on because all right, like, you know. Trev Alberts like, is there. Okay, like, yeah, I mean, like yeah. there's some things there, but Colorado has just been awful. Bill dude, McCartney's like, not walking through that door. Wow, like, a Bill on, McCartney dude. drop. That's see, Tyson, that is your value on the Monty show. Every time you come in here. You, you wow the me with a name from like the Bill McCartney's excellent. What, what no Cordell Stewart reference? No, I was no Michael Westbrook. Yes, <laughs> yes, not Rashawn Russell Salam. Michael. Rest in peace, Rashawn Salam. Rashawn Salam, great former Chicago Bear. Thank you very much, fumble a Chicago prone. Bear. He very fumble prone. I agree with that. By the way, um, let me get a couple more comments. You guys have been amazing today. Thank you so much. If you're here watching right now, please do give us a thumbs up and a like. Uh, good to see everybody turning out. Uh, Boyd Lake says, uh, Bronco didn't exactly give KP a huge vote of confidence. Co-DC is, is as high as he got with Bronco. I think Kelly's a really good coach. I mean, I do. But, I mean, the Jason Becks of the world, although – if you believe some of the people around Bronco at Virginia, that the coaches had no idea they were completely blindsided that Bronco was leaving Virginia. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe, I, I don't know, it'll be interesting. But I think you're right. Yeah, Jan Jorgensen, but Jorgie's in the program, and Jan's in the program already. Janimal's there. I mean, like, he's... he's Sorry, I thought you said Janimal. Yeah, oh, Jan Jorgensen's a gem. <laughs> Jan, yeah, like, it, it, Tyson could talk about this. You're Jan, welcome. Jan and Gunther on the radio is, I mean, it's yeah. pure entertainment. Yeah. I mean, you remember those days, Tyson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's awesome. And Jan Jorgensen was a great football player. I was really surprised he didn't get a shot in the NFL with as many sacks as he had at BYU. Yeah, and I think there's value in that. You know, one of the other guys who always comes up when we talk about BYU coaching uh, is Kyle Vanoy. Brigham. Brigham. Um, yeah, like when, I, when, when he I, – and I, not, I don't know if he's playing right now. I can't remember. But he's a guy that you want on your football team, on your staff. He's a guy you want on your staff when, when he's done playing. Uh, let's see. Josh Mose uh, says, if the locker room is gone, Kalani should be too. You won't get that back. I don't think that the locker room is gone. I, I, I don't. I mean, I've never heard, and if you listen to the guys who've come on this show, Harris Lachance, and I'm not saying they're going to come on the show and say, well, Kalani's a jerk, I'm out. 
Like, I don't see that. They're not going to down Holker it. <laughs> no, they're not going to go play at Utah. Yeah. But we all agree, right? Dallin Holker's going to Utah. Yeah. 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 yeah there's no doubt about that. Yeah. So, anyway, speaking of Utah, I, but by the way, real quick, I don't think he's lost the team. No. I think he's razor I think, close. I think Elijah Kuiaki has lost his defense. I would I agree with that. Yeah. I would agree with that. And by the way, I think Gabe Judy Lolly as much as said that without saying it. Yeah. I mean, but they, I thought they played hard for them. Yeah. There, there was no doubt about that. Uh, KBN is in LH, is with the LA Chargers. Yeah, he's the Charger, yeah. Oh, okay. Has, does he have any sortable staff? I wonder if he's played much for them. Jan Jorgensen fought MMA for a while. No, hilarious guy, too. He did. Yes, he did. And I'll drop uh, that motherfucker. You know. uh, Jerem said he played at Colorado State. Okay. Uh, who? Oh, he, my bad. I put it in the wrong order. One of my favorite players of all time in the Mountain West Conference was QB uh, Bradley Van Pell. Yeah. Yeah, that's a name. Well, everybody remembers when he played against Colorado, he scores a touchdown and like spikes the ball off, off a guy's helmet. I like after it. After scoring. <laughs> I like it. Do you, like, do you have an all-time favorite football player? Like, Do you have an all-time favorite obscure football name? They're probably not obscure because all my favorites are BYU quarterbacks. Hey guys. Steve Young, Jim McMahon, Ty no. Detmer. Uh, Jimmy Mack. That's one of my guys. As you're I mean, Ty right Detmer's aware. my I mean, favorite all time. Yeah. Oh, but you got to... It, mm. We used to remember back in the 1320K fan days when we would do the uh, we would do the Ty Detmer show and he'd come on once a week. We did the John Beck show. He'd come on once a week. Like we we had a good little we had a good little quarterback run. Scott Mitchell used to come on and now he works for the enemy. You know the enemy. The, well, they're not really an enemy because we don't compete with them. No, but it is what it is. Um, all right, let's talk Utah because we haven't really put a pick in on that game. Uh, I'm terrified, Tyson. I said earlier that the Arizona game is a trap game for the beloved Utah Utes. Do you agree that Arizona is a trap game? Arizona is a lot better than they were last year as Jed Fish has done a great job with that program. Yes. Um, I think for Utah, it's a question of who's playing. Is Cam Rising in at quarterback? Do they have their top two running backs? Uh, they were able to find a way to beat Washington State. A good defensive effort. I can't imagine Arizona State or Arizona is going to score a bunch of points against Utah's defense, but uh, I think Utah probably wins by 10. By 10? Um, where would you be by if you win by 10? Uh, I would have 10's a good no Oh, look at that. I see the beard. I see, uh, Mrs. Monty, the beard is walking down the, the wow, Teddy Wayman's hey beard is hey all glorious today. Teddy Wayman's going to come in here and get his lotto ticket. Um, you haven't you haven't seen the greatness of Teddy Wayman's bright red beard yet, Tyson. No, he's Wayman, about to step in. He's about to. You're about to see it. Teddy Wayman's amazing. Uh, anyway, I by ten points, I think it'd be a solid win. I think that'd be a solid win because Utah's favored by seventeen and a half on a sixty-seven and a half point number. So you're guessing that you could. I mean. That essentially says Utah's going to score 50 points. But they're also looking at Arizona scoring a few of themselves. Yeah, I that would be... I mean, that would about be most improved team in the Pac-12. I mean, it's probably got to be Arizona at this point. Yeah, I would agree that with won, that. Like, what, one game last year, and all of a sudden they're, they're up there a little ways. There he is. Teddy Wayman with the glorious beard. Epic. Wayman Brothers, good to see you, my guy. Wayman Brothers Construction built this studio. Yep. Uh, by the way, if you if you need a contractor, I cannot say it. I know we tell you this pretty much every day. Get to Wayman Brothers Construction, 801-654-1028. Uh, they've worked in my house. Obviously, you know, they've built this studio. They did a great job from yeah, all the lights. Yeah, just a little thing. You know, just this little thing called the studio. Uh, get to Wayman Brothers Construction at 801-654-1028. 
uh, is where you get that. By the way, Mrs. Monty is down to just now a handful of tickets left Yep. Uh, for the billion, $1.5 billion uh, jackpot. Tyson, if you win the Powerball, what would you do? I would um, immediately quit and just sit at home all day and <laughs> play some golf, find a warm That's climate. Right, where would you Where would live, you live, live the good life? Would you stay in Kearns? I'd probably go to Phoenix. You'd go to Phoenix? You wouldn't have to worry about winners anymore. Dude, it's hot. Phoenix, we, trust Phoenix me, we used to live there. so hot. Phoenix dude. is, yeah, Phoenix is hot. It's and the, dry heat, though. <clears throat> it is. How you're would you wrong. like to describe a dry heat, Jake? I, I mean, I, you're not wrong, but there are, there are three months where you step outside and you're walking into an oven, dude. Like, straight up, you're walking into an oven. Like, it's one, like, you know how you go outside here in the middle of the winter and that cold hits you in the face? It's the same thing. It's just like 120. Yeah, I'd rather brutal. be hot than be cold, though. And I was See, cold today. And I don't disagree with that. There are times, but I love the change of seasons in Utah. If I won $1.5 billion. I'd be in Huntington, dude. I'd go down I, I to Huntington think, Beach. I'd be in like. I yeah. would be there, too. But yeah. it's like 500 and I can't remember now. Let's call it 500. I think it's $580 million. Um, so let's say you pay tax on, let's say you pay tax on that. You walk away with 400 million. If you only walked away with 400 million, <laughs> stop. Uh, I'm buying a condo in park city. Yeah. I'm buying a house on the water in Southern California and I'm keeping my townhouse in South Jordan. Yep. I mean, and, and I'm just living that I'm traveling. I'm not going to stop doing the show. This really isn't work, frankly, if we're being honest. No. Uh, this is fun, like sitting around talking sports with Jake Tyson, everybody else who comes in here. Like it's, this isn't really a job, right? This is a lot of fun, but yeah, Tyson, you got your ticket. You got your ticket. Mrs. Monty's got like four left. So yeah, make sure. Um, let's see. Fat Jesus says it's freezing today in Phoenix. It's a high of 63. I'm pulling out my turtleneck. <laughs> could you handle, you know, Fat Jesus, one of our Phoenix listeners, could you handle 63 in Chile? I think I could, but I'd also like, uh, a pro a pro sports team in all of them you know you got the cardinals you got the suns you got the diamondbacks you sort of have the coyotes for now the arizona state coyotes you mean who are playing <laughs> Forks <and> that, up. <laughs> that hockey arena is, is beautiful dude though. it's so good oh my god absolutely uh jeremy bolton says if you have a billion you have a house in arizona in the winter montana in the summer and then 10 other houses wherever the hell i want look exactly. tom brady relax yeah relax giselle relax relax giselle well, i've been to montana in the summer that is a nice place it is oh Montana's i like missoula where, where montana is the you know montana grizzlies i was there for yeah. a couple of weeks that's that's a good what place. about your where uh, how, the chuckers are they're in idaho falls but they play some of the teams in montana do you like Idaho Falls? Idaho Falls is not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah, Tyson used to do the play-by-play -play for the Chuckers. So, yeah. Uh, Tom Basilia says, we want Teddy's beard on camera. Teddy? Teddy Wayman! <laughs> <laughs> Meatloaf! <laughs> Ma! Teddy's got You got to come in here real quick because people want to see your face, Teddy. So we have that everybody wants to see Teddy Wayman's beard. Yeah. So if you go stand next to Jake, let's put it on camera. Yeah, one. Just come, just come, let's, just come right around here. Let's unzoom. Yeah. Let's un unzoomify. Un zoom out. Wait, wait, zoom hold out. on, hold on. I'm coming. I'm trying to get the Hello. Thing to point. Hey, Hello. look at that beard, bro. Look at that beard right there. Look at that beard right there. That yeah. that is look the well. Wow, well, yeah, cameras all over the place here. Yeah, we do have cameras all over the place. If if I could get the remote to point at it. There you go, Teddy. Look What's at that up? thing. Look at, look at the beard. It is amazing. It, but is it shorter than it used to be? Yeah, it's trimmed up and it gets cold. When it gets cold, it gets 
nasty. Yeah. Boogers and snot and stuff, you know, up up oh, yeah. in the, uh, up in the beer. I like that. That's the trimmed up version. Oh yeah, Teddy's a tile guy, by the way. Uh, Wayman Brothers Construction, I yes. should say. By the way, how do you like the palace that the uh, the family Wayman built? I think it's awesome Com- it, compared to how it was before. Yeah, right. <laughs> totally. Uh, are your Utes getting a win before we kick you out of the studio? Yeah, they're Yeah, not a trap game. No. Ooh. Ooh, 34. Okay. That, I mean, they are 17 and a half, so. I don't think they're going to cover that. They're, you don't know they're not going to cover that. Yeah. That beard is. I, I will say, though, I always tell Teddy it's awkward when I say it, but I am jealous of your beard. Because <laughs> mine, like, I, I don't know. I probably could. I, but you could. I'm not patient yeah. enough. Mrs. Monty, Mrs. Monty consistently wants me to, to grow that beard, but I yeah. can't yeah. and won't. But thank you for coming, Teddy. Good to yeah. see you, man. Don't be, Teddy's going to have to redo my shower soon. So he's like, hit me up. (laughs) Yeah. I made the mistake. I made the mistake of not calling the Wayman brothers to build my shower. And I called dude, the contractor, who's not really a contractor. And we got, we got dude level work, Teddy, as you're aware, because he's fixed my shower once. So anyway, good to see you friend. Appreciate you. Be well, have a good weekend. There yeah, let's oh, go. hey, let's getting go. that Papa Murphy's. Let's go. See Tyson. Oh, love it. it. Four hundred twenty-five yeah. degrees. Yes. I have to do that myself. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Now, see, um, that's hello. this is what happens. I pull out one remote. I pull out one remote, and it winds up messing with the other cameras. We should probably get a single camera, you know, thing. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, There's Tyson there right go. there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So love it. Teddy Wayman's going to get on the uh, is going to get on the train. There you go. Are you guys? Are you guys happy now that you saw the beard? Yeah, San dude. Diego State Aztec says, kiss the Wayman ring on camera. Nah, bro. Nah, uh, I'm fine. Tom Basilia says, Teddy is that guy. Yes, yeah. he is. Yeah. Yes, he is. Uh, uh, D-Rose says, awesome beard, man. Totally is. Jerem Patterson says, Teddy, let's go. America's next top model. <laughs> See? It's, it, this is what this show is about. The community coming together to win billions of dollars in our brand new studio at Mavericks. So. There you go. That's what it. That's what it's great about. But uh, anyway, a couple more. Um, so, score prediction, Tyson on uh, Utah. Do you have one? I have uh, thirty-seven twenty-four Utah. Thirty-seven twenty-four Utah. A convincing, a convincing win. But not covering the spread. Not covering the spread. No, seven. Come on, seventeen and and Fish has that team going. You as you said before, Fish has that team going in the right direction. Uh, by the way, nobody will see it because it's on Pac-12 Network. Um, Whatever. That's a pretty good number. <laughs> Who has? There's more people at Pac-12 Network than has FS2. Probably not. Yeah. Pro- FS2, it, no. FS2 has far more carriage. My though. fucking head. <laughs> than, than, than Pac-12 Network. Uh, if I had to guess on the Utes game, does Cam Rising play? That's yes. the big question. If Cam plays, they score 40. Yeah. Because I think he just that's brings a different at. dimension. Forty twenty-seven. That's where I'm at. All right, I'll go with you. I'll go with. I'll say forty-two, twenty-eight. I'll be different than you guys. I'll get crazy. Add two points. Add one point. Forty-two, twenty-eight. Um. How about that? Okay, that works. Are the Eagles a legitimate Super Bowl contender? Yeah, even though the Texans gave them a little bit of a scare last night, I think the Eagles are. Uh, you're talking about an eight-no team. And uh, it's a little bit surprising because, uh, you know, we had an Eagles fan that used to work for us. And so we talk Eagles a lot. And he wasn't a big believer in Nick Sirianni. But in year two, wow. Nick Sirianni's probably the coach of the year. Yeah, I you would know? think so. I'm, I'm a believer in Jalen Hurts. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't know what else. You're on pace to throw 5,000 yards. Like, I don't know how. I don't know what else Jalen Hurts has to do to be the quarterback in Philadelphia. Yeah. I really don't. I mean, he is, if he, he'll never be the rock star that a Bryce Harper is. Mm -hmm. Um, But he is their quarterback and he should be, he has earned it. And I just don't know the, all the talk about upgrading him before the season. Like I hope all that stopped in Philly and I'm sure it has because he's been great. Um, but I just I think that team's really good, and I do think they could win 14, 15 games. Yeah, absolutely. there's always going to be that surprise loss in there, but I do think they could win 14, 15 games. I think. Uh, talking with Raphael says fifty two thirty two Utah's Damn. winning fifty two points on Arizona. Yeah, I mean, woo, that's uh, that's a lot. Uh, Mayi says talk about Utah for once. We just we've we been just talking did, about bro. Utah all morning. We just did. What are you talking about? Um, Tom Basilia says Cam doesn't play for a second week. Utah squeezes out a win, twenty-one seventeen. Ooh, you gotta get to you gotta get to Oregon unblemished. Yeah, you gotta be healthy, bro. Can you imagine that game, Oregon and Utah? Yep. If that's the conference a, is on the line, that's a Cam Rising game. Oh, that's a that Cam Rising be, game. That would be fantastic. That would absolutely be fantastic. All right, before we get out of here, we got to talk about food. Because we always talk about food on this show. Yeah. Now, you had a McDonald's story last night that I thought was amazing. Right. Yeah. Why are they trying to fix the quarter pounder with cheese, Jake? I don't know, man. They're rolling out this. They're they're rolling. Okay, the camera's all messed up here, bud. You know, you can't. You got you to. You know. I have to try and fix this camera now. I have to tilt that down. I got to know what's different about the quarter pounder with cheese yeah, because so that's my go-to. Yeah. So they're what they're doing here with this with this burger is they're basically rolling out like a okay. like a mesquite barbecue kind of bacon quarter pounder. That's essentially what it is, and then combining that with a Oreo McFlurry that they're going to roll out. So like I've never been a huge quarter pounder with cheese guy. I've you always, haven't been? No, I've always been a double guy, double quarter pounder with cheese at a minimum, right? And then I think. When I compare McDonald's product burger specifically, because their breakfast game is really good, but the burger specifically, I've really gotten turned on to the Burger King double, whatever they call that at Burger King. I don't even know what they call it. But uh, they're, it's called a double cheeseburger. Thanks, genius. Yeah, thanks. That's what it's... I, I'm not kidding. That's what it's called. Well, yeah, but like McDonald's calls it a double quarter pounder. Like, at, you know, what, I, bro... At Burger King, it's, I, I'm fat. To. Trust me, it's called a no. It's called a double cheeseburger at Burger King. Tyson, you're a fast food guy. Back me up on that. He doesn't know. I haven't been to Burger King in a while, but I do think that's what it's called. <laughs> See what you've done, Jake. You have caused controversy Dude, on I'm the Monty you, the, show. The biggest thing that I like about the double cheeseburger at Burger King is the cheese is melted. That's one of my biggest complaints at at McDonald's. They See, don't they a, don't melt the cheese. That's a thing. Like I love a nice. Fresh burger with melted cheese, a little pickle, a little ketchup. Like, that's so, where it's at. Then your question is, what is the best burger at at McDonald's? Is Because I don't think there's any doubt the best burger at McDonald's is a double quarter pounder. That's where I'm at, too. But what I, do you, Tyson, where dude, are you at on this? Yeah, it's about the best one I can think of. The double. Um, the double quarter pounder is just about phenomenal. better than the Big Mac. The, see, and I think the Big Mac is the Seinfeld of burgers. It's yeah. the overrated. most overrated burger ever. Yeah. Ever. I didn't even like the Big <laughs> Mac when I was a kid. I was always, a, and I probably ate way too, but I was a chocolate shake guy as a kid too. So that probably says a lot about my mentality. Fact. The point is, I was always a quarter pounder guy. Yeah. I was never a, 
I was never a a Big Mac guy. But the other thing that I was as a kid is the Happy Meal. Oh, and I'm telling yeah, you, the Happy Meal is back for adults at McDonald's. Have you had a Happy Meal lately, Tyson? No, I've not had a Happy Meal. I've had some very unhappy meals, though. <laughs> okay. That's very good that I regretted. Because it's garbage. He said I've had unhappy meals. <laughs> uh, by the way, by the way, what is your go-to for fast food, Tyson? Like, are you a McDonald's guy? Like, what's your go-to? Freddy's. The taste Ooh. that brings you back. Uh, I like the, um, the he even knows the, the steak slogan. burger. Oh, the steak burger at Freddy's is great with with cheese. Yeah, and then uh, the fries are not bad. They're kind of shoestring fries. You know, you maybe sub that out for cheese curds. Yeah, it's about as good a meal as you. What can kind get. of fries do you like? Do you like the the skinny ones or do you like crinkle cuts or what's your? I like the skinny ones if they're crispy. Yeah, otherwise, yeah. Uh, give me kind of normal but fries with a little bit of salt. Again, cocaine and ranch dressing. I'm going to tell yeah. you that Super Chicks has great string fries. Have you <laughs> been to Super Chicks yet? No, I haven't. Oh, I need to go. Yeah, Dude. you got to go. Dude, hop in, the, um, hop in the Tyson Whiting truckster and, and get to a Super Chicks because it's great. But like downstairs in the Grizzlies office, Tanner Walker is a uh, Wingstop sandwich guy. Yes. A Wingstop sandwich guy. Sando. Yeah. I'm not a wing. I'm a wing guy at Wingstop. But he had, a, had me almost. And then there's this thing. I So we went to Wyoming to get the tickets Wyoming. yesterday. Wyoming. We went to Papinga Country to get the tickets yesterday. And we walk in the door and they're eating these Arby's chicken sandwiches. Yeah. That are like, the, the bun is like <laughs> orange. It's disgusting. That yeah. looks terrible. Yeah. And they're like, oh no, it's fabulous. I have, when's the last time you, has anybody in here eaten at Arby's anytime recently? No, last time I did was in, there's one in Tempe. That was the last time I had eaten at an Arby's. God. So it's been years. Yeah, it's Tyson, been years, have, have you been in? Have you been an Arby's guy recently? Yeah, I usually go with the two for seven meal, which um, most okay. of the time has the uh, beef and cheddar. I usually like the beef and cheddar there. Okay. Put a little bit of uh, horsey sauce on it. Oh, are you horsey sauce? Guy? Yeah, I'm horseradish. I've I've tried it. I just haven't been able to really enjoy it. I'm a ranch guy. Let's be honest. Like I'm a ranch guy. I can't remember who called you basic the other day, but I'm happy to be basic. Yeah, people were Tyson. People called me basic because I like ranch dressing. Yeah, I'm that's well, it's it. like I'm, it's all you like. That's what they. Were I saying. don't eat blue cheese. I don't eat horsey sauce. I don't eat I. I like right now. You know a, what you like. That's there's nothing wrong with that. No, on a salad though. Again, I, I will say it's the Olive Garden Italian dressing on a salad. Yeah, that is what it is. Tyson Ranch or blue cheese? Oh please. I like them both, but oh. yeah, when push comes to shove, I'll probably get ranch. Hey, that's like saying see? B, that's see, like he's saying, good. He's good. But that's like saying BYU or Utah. No, he's good. You can't like them both, Tyson. I mean, you know. So Mrs. Monty, I wish I had a camera on the concourse. Mrs. Monty is pulling one of the barricades away. She took a painstaking time to roll up the extension cord for the light that we had, and she's dragging the extension cord down the main concourse. <laughs> <laughs> That's an issue. <laughs> That's hysterical. Anyway, all right, let me get some of your comments in here. There used to be a restaurant. Roth talking with Raphael podcast says there used to be a restaurant called Iggy's. Oh, you guys remember Iggy's, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, that's where Jake keeps uh, Ross Oppo and uh, Zach yes. the linebacker. The Iggy's. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, and they had the best fries, thin, crunchy. Yes, uh, Freddy's is nothing compared to Steak and Shake. Oh, oh my god, man! Have you been to a Steak and Shake? No, I haven't. Do oh. they even have those here? No, I don't think so. Not that I'm aware of, but they are so good. Uh, I agree with you on that, Al Alvarez. Tom Basilius says, Arby's gets a bad rap. The food there is good. Okay. Uh, Monty only likes missionaries. So basic. <laughs> Fat cheeses. That's it's not true. 
That's not. That was one That's time. That's an all-timer, bro. Was one time at a truck stop. What do you want from me? That is an all-time comment out of Fat um, Jesus. Tyson, they want to know: Are you a drums or flat guy? Oh come on, he's hesitating. Jake, he's hesitating. Yeah, you know what that means. You're gonna say flats is what you're gonna say. No, I was gonna say drums. Oh yes, my guy. See, I knew I could count on you. I knew I could count. Dang, Greg Hawkins. I love Arby's, and it's starting to get on my nerves that Monty has literally no good food takes. <laughs> I haven't been... Okay, so my late father-in-law, Virgil Casey, the legend, yeah. used to love Arby's. Like, he would he would literally get that... You know that Arby's sandwich that has, like, 80 pounds of beef on it? That was his go... Like, the, I think it's called the beef and cheddar, actually, at Arby's, right? Yeah. Beef and cheddar. Yeah, that's what Tyson was just talking about. Yeah. He would get beef and cheddar all the time. Yeah. I don't hate Arby's. I just don't ever, when you're like, hey, what do you want to get for lunch today? Arby's is not what comes to mind. Yeah. Or, like I, a little due respect. If you say to me, hey, you want a sandwich, I'm the break, the break has a great club sandwich. That's right, T. I love the break's club sandwich. I just don't think about Arby's. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Chris P says, I feel like a second class citizen for liking blue cheese. Yeah. You you're, don't, you're a casual. Yeah. Bro. You don't feel like it. You are. Nobody yeah, likes on, blue guy. cheese. Well, Tyson likes blue cheese. You and Tyson should hang out. I, I, I don't know. Uh, Steak and Shake used to be great, but they have really gone downhill in the past decade. WW yeah. says. Oh, no. Is that right? Uh, Emma Alvarez says there used to be a steak. There is a Steak and Shake in Bountiful. Oh, okay. There, you there go. is a Steak and Shake in Bountiful. 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 I did not know that. Yeah. I had no. When's the last time you were in Bountiful, Tyson? Probably for a high school football game about a decade ago. Yeah, it's been a long. Like, I just. I don't get up there much, although going to Boise, we drive right through it. But I, I haven't been to Bountiful in... Too bad. I don't know how long. I, I don't know. Uh, Arlington Bears. Chris Karn says Arby's is a great change of pace. Okay. I can respect okay. that. I mean, listen, if, if we're going to do it, let's do it. Our go-to fast food, still, if it's a burger, it's five guys. Yeah. But I got to tell you, cafe, I'm missing Cafe Rio lately. Okay. It's been a couple of weeks since I've had Cafe Rio, or Chipotle for that matter. Right. I'm missing Cafe Rio and Chipotle recently. Right, you like your beans? I do. I'm a huge. Are you a black bean or a pinto bean guy? A black bean. You're, see? See, Tyson gets see? it. See? Tyson gets okay. it. Okay, I'm almost ready to forgive you for the blue cheese take. <laughs> almost. Not quite. Almost. <laughs> he didn't even say he was a blue cheese he guy. He didn't. He said either or. But, I mean, my go-to fast food is... Um, I think it's different, by the way, for breakfast and lunch. Oh, yeah. For breakfast, it's McDonald's for sure. Yeah. For lunch. For lunch, that's way up in the air. I mean, if I'm on the go, Jersey Mike's is clutch for a sandwich. Um, you know, again, but you, I, oh, I you're, love... But you're that guy, you're chicken burrito it guy at matter, Jersey Mike's. Dude, it doesn't matter. It does, Dude, though. it doesn't. It I does. Get, I know what I like. You I get, know what he, I want. Jake gets the exact same number thing. Number eight. Let's go. Rosemary <laughs> you bread. You know the number. Let's go. I want Doritos. You and know I want the cookie. number. This ain't, this ain't hard, man. Now, I'm the same guy who orders the exact same pizzas from, from Papa Murphy's yeah. every time we order. Yeah. You know, like, but, you know what you like. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I like to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. I like the variety of, of spice of life. Mrs. Monty changed her hair color. I was yeah. thrilled. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I like to. Do you have a go to order somewhere? What's your go-to? Well, when I go to Jersey Mike's, uh, I get the club sub. Uh, somebody recommended that to me. Yes, a year Number ago. Eight, club sub. Let's go. Never been disappointing. Jake always gets the club sub. He is the chicken burrito guy everywhere he goes. Just saying. Uh, thanks to all of our sponsors on the show this morning. Um, so much we could not do without you guys. Thanks to everybody who came out. So many people showed up to get the uh, the Powerball tickets. Thank you so much. Really good to see you guys. Thanks for all the donations. Again, please, before you get out of here, give us a thumbs up. And if you're not subscribed, 
We would love to have you subscribe for Tyson Whiting, who, by the way, you will see on the Utah Grizzlies uh, YouTube channel tonight as he does the play-by-play -play for the uh, Grizzlies and the KC Mavericks at 6. In this very room. Five, yeah, in this very room, by the way. That's right. Um, so go subscribe to the Utah Grizzlies uh, YouTube channel. He'll be on with the pregame at 5.50. Grizzlies and Mavericks. Until Monday. Wait, I have to change banner, Jake. Until Monday, Jake. Um, say hello. Um, um, hello. hello. Uh, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.